Hello all, this is Alex here to remind you that the following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Welcome to this monumental episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Join the dudes as they discuss the original trilogy that defined a generation. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode 65 million years in the making as the dudes discuss the original Jurassic Park trilogy. Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Alan! And I'm Dude Two, uh, uh, you're no stranger to attractions, uh, <laughs> Richard Pinnell. I am Dude One, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Dude Two, Kirby Peyton Tile Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm dude one. That's Cooper. And I'm <laughs> and I'm dude two. Sarah Harding. <laughs> what other Sarahs do you know on this island? <laughs> and I'm 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 dude one. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'll need a megaphone effect on that. <laughs> so one oh five. All I have to say. Is... I'm due to uh 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 say the magic word uh uh uh, uh, uh. please god damn this hacker crap I am I'm dude one Mr. Hammond the phones are working I'm due to yes John the pirate the difference is the pirates don't eat the tourists if if we have any more obscure references to Jurassic Park. We'll we'll think of them later. <laughs> Droppings? Droppings? No, I got... Okay. I am dude one. A big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's self-deprecating and it's funny. <laughs> and I'm dude two. Even, uh, even the, the worst atrocities came with the best of intentions. <laughs> I was I was waiting for you to go. I'm I'm due to dee 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 dee. Oh my goodness! Welcome. I'm due. I'm due to. I can't. You know I can't stop this plane. <laughs> Get out the way. <laughs> Please stop. He's alive. Oh, they set a trap. And I'm I'm also due to mommy's very angry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. You know what's sad is when you did the what, I didn't know immediately what you were referencing, <laughs> but but with the baby I knew you were the baby T Rex. Anyway, this is two dudes one double feature. He's Richard. I'm Joe. Yes. We promise we're not this insufferable. No, we are. <laughs> no, well, we are. at least not off, not off, not by 
right off the top. <laughs> I, I will. I will openly say we have our moments. <laughs> That's fair. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to lie. I can't. I can't. I have to be honest with myself. Big pile of shit. Um, welcome everyone <laughs> to the show. I mean me, not Joey. Uh, <laughs> myself. Um, obviously, if you couldn't tell by now what movies we're talking about, spoiler alert. Um, so it's actually very exciting because you know we're huge fans of this franchise. Oddly enough, which not a lot of people are, at least the majority of them. That first movie people love, understandably so, but. Um, with the rest of them, it's kind of a mixed bag for a lot of people. Joey and I tend to lean towards the more favorable. And, you know, we've planned for so long to get these movies on. We even had plans to have other people involved, but that got complicated so that it was just like, nah, let's just talk about them ourselves. So here we are. And we don't want a repeat of the Star Wars situation, which uh, was episode 10, if you want to listen to it. Um, it's just a lot but hey, you know, if that whole opening situation didn't sell you <laughs> on the rest of our podcast, then hey, sorry. But <laughs> but no, uh, what we're going to do for, for this franchise is we're actually going to separate it into two parts. So right now, you're getting part one, where we talk about the original trilogy. And then in the next episode, you'll get part two. And I'm very excited to talk about all of this, even the ones we don't care for. I'm excited to talk about all of it. Yes, absolutely. But, but, before we get to any of this, do too. How you doing? <laughs> Mommy's very happy. <laughs> oh, no! No. Um, I'm doing alright. I'm tired, admittedly. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, we just did Easter. You know, just trying to figure that out was, you know whatever and on that note um, this is another because we did this with the scream episode that we're doing in yes. october uh it should be noted that this is uh april <laughs> so that we're recording this but this episode won't be out till what summer yeah this will be out in the in june so uh so this this will be another one of those like time capsule sort of things like oh this is what was going on with us <laughs> yes it's very strange, uh, but uh, honestly, it's going to work out better for us because that way, once we get to that point, we're not going to have to force ourselves to watch two trilogies in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, especially because um, that's our weekly era, so we want to make sure we're not killing ourselves. Precisely. Um, so, just we've been edit, you know, editing here and there. Um, I showed. Oh, I watched the Super Mario Brothers movie, the new one from Illuminations. The big one. It's been doing really well this weekend, I could tell you from experience. <laughs> yes. Um, I liked it. You know, That's good. I, I, I'm not really, like, a hardcore fan of these games. Have you I, played? I played? Yeah. I played Smash Brothers. Like, I love playing Smash Brothers. I've played Mario Kart. I've I've played a couple other Mario things, but it's never like my like I'm I'm a very casual fan at best, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's one of those where the plot is kind of thin, you know. And people go, "Well, that's just the game," and I go, "Yeah, but 
this is a movie. You know, you don't have to be a one-to-one thing with the game. Yeah. But that said, I think it was fun enough and color- bright and colorful enough to where I was able to really enjoy it. It was, in my review on Letterboxd, I called it pop culture cotton candy, where it tastes it tastes great, but it's it's not a great meal. And, you know, after a while, you're like, okay, I can't have too much of this. You needed an um, insulin are... shot after it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, kids will love this one, I think, because it's just, it is just, you know, it does, it's basically nonstop. Um, I wish it slowed down a couple, at a couple points. Um, few highlights, Jack Black as Bowser, incredible. Uh, makes, that's no surprise to me whatsoever. It would just be really funny because I also heard that the song Peaches is el- is eligible to be nominated for ne- at next year's Oscars for best song. So maybe Jack Black Chef's Jack kiss. Black can become an Oscar winner for the Super Mario Brothers movie of all things. That'd be the listen. Anything to get him gold, he deserves it. Um, yes, uh, he's very good. Uh, Seth Ro- I I always played Donkey Kong in Smash Brothers for obvious reasons. If you if you know me. Yeah. Uh, but Seth Rogen, Joey's a big Seth Rogen is great, and he also gets to live out the fantasy, uh, the fantasy everybody wants to have, yelling at Chris Pratt, who is fine in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I heard, I saw a video or something where he was giving an interview about how he's just mean to Mario the whole time, and then I guess someone gave him a note, maybe he shouldn't be so mean, and then Seth Rogen's like, "I'm gonna be mean." <laughs> he made the right choice because he was really funny in the movie. <laughs> um. Uh, Brian Tyler's score is really good in this movie. My big, my other big problem with the musical side of things, though, was like the use of '80s like rock and pop, like pop songs that come on, and I'm just like, <sighs> I'm so done yeah. with the '80s. Can we, can we please, <laughs> can we please move on? Maybe one day, hopefully. It's like they weren't that great, guys. You had Ronald Reagan, anyway. um but and then i showed allison uh everything everywhere all at once which was my first time seeing it since uh it won best picture she really enjoyed it uh so that's always nice and Mm -hmm. that's really all that's going on with me how are you doing i'm also very tired for the same reason as mario (laughs) well you were tired for different reason but mario is involved in your story but i'm tired because of mario because, you know, I work at a movie theater and Mario has probably been the busiest my my work has been in a long time. I mean, we were really busy the uh, past couple of weeks because we just had we, things are playing. We got things to play. We got things people want to watch, which is cool. We got variety, which is also unique. Um, And so the Mario movie came out and it's just it's one of those movies that like it just hits the right note for a lot of people and just the fact that it exists like you got a movie for kids but you also have a movie for like the nostalgic kind of people like nerds and geeks that grew up with the the games um so i mean i'm excited to watch it eventually um i'm i'm excited to uh see jack black be back i think the four i i did watch the 4k yeah i'm excited for that honestly um, I did. I did watch. They just today actually released the music video for Peaches, like the from like a scene from the movie. Because they have another music video where Jack Black, uh, as he's been doing this whole time, dressing as Bowser, singing the song, and it's 
Jack Black needs to sing in mu- not that he needs to because I mean you know I love that he just sings on his own but I, I would love to just I'd love to see him in like a musical or I'd like to see him in uh, just I don't know man because he's got such a great voice and he's so funny and he's so energetic and anytime any the moment I heard he had a song I was like I, I want to watch this movie I, I do uh, but after this weekend I'm also just really tired because <laughs> so many families and it was also easter weekend so like the the added effect of there's a lot more free time for people throughout the whole weekend so it's just like a constant train of busyness like we we had lines all the way to the front door and we have a huge lobby you've seen i've shown you like pictures of our lobby um we have a huge lobby and there was lines from the from the concession stand all the way to the podium where we take tickets and that's insane (laughs) and i think uh for like two or three hours that's how long it lasted so it's like um, but i was working bar on saturday though i also worked double um so it was the unfortunateness of having to deal with people but also i got tipped really well so that was nice nice you know but uh it also was to the unfortunates of you know me and my back and my feet it's just labor sucks um but i'm only one of the few people i'm the only person that day that could have said hey i got a little extra money in my pocket so i can't really any like when i got my my tip at the end of the night uh I was like, well, you know, I guess that's good compensation. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. So, and I got to leave a little bit earlier than everybody else. Mm. So I really can't complain, but right. uh, it's, it was a crazy, crazy weekend. And I'm actually kind of terrified because tomorrow, I don't know if I brought up the exorcisms on this show. I know I brought up whether or not I talked about them or not. I don't remember if I'm being honest, but just to speed that up. Um, there's there's a documentary that's being played in a lot of theaters where uh, it's this like pastor who calls himself a demon slayer, and he's a very he he's a very conservative right wing guy. He shows up on Newsmax and Fox News and all those other you know bullshit those places. you know media misinformation places like that are just awful and spreads the word that if you are not exactly like him aka straight white and without having any sort of mental illness uh i'm sure is what he would say um uh then you are with a demon and therefore you must be exorcised that's messed up yeah for sure and we played that movie a couple like a month ago i want to i feel like and there were people performing exorcisms in the theater and we're playing it again tomorrow. And I work tomorrow night. And both so- both showings are sold out. Wow. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I won't divulge too much into it because it's a whole lot of stuff. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you're having an issue like that, just pull the movie. Don't play it. We don't need that kind of... like I, It's money. I'm sure they're excited about all that money, but at the same time, come on, we got we got Russell Crowe in the Pope's Exorcist coming this week. Can't you just wait? Listen, 
Just wait a little bit and watch Russell Crowe do the watch exorcisms. Watch him ride a Vespa. He'll do it for you. You don't have to do it. He's Russell Crowe. He's Russell Crowe. And you know what? He'll probably do a better job. I'm just saying. Perhaps. <laughs> He's been trained. Mm. He is the he is the Pope's, the Pope's exorcist. exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm I'm genuinely like I I'm I mean, I have my own insecurities and fears with with, you know, just working where I work. You know, it's it's a large place. It's a large and you know, we have a lot of unfortunate situations in large places lately and so I thankfully nothing has happened and I hope nothing does. But when you have something that attracts that kind of attention, that's when I get a little bit afraid. Right. I'll fully admit. Absolutely. Um, we'll stay safe, obviously. Yes. And anyone else, all my coworkers, not that any of them listen to this, but to any of my coworkers and, you know, bosses, anybody, I'm sorry. I hope I hope tomorrow's not bad at yep. all. I hope it's, it's going to be a nuisance regardless, but I hope it's not a problem. Yeah. I guess is what I'm right, saying. Right. Um, so I'm a little bit tired just from a lot of work, but on a different note, speaking of movies, I watched, and I want to talk about this because I think it's important. I watched Shazam Fury of the Gods because mm-hmm. I rented it on VOD, uh, for 20 bucks and you know, it's a movie that had a lot going against it. You know, like, you know, there's the whole just unfortunate timing situation with James Gunn, his sort of new track with DC, which is not James Gunn's fault. It's just, again, it, it would have been somebody else. It, it exactly. would have been somebody else. It would have been somebody else. Um, David Zaslav is the problem in general, but <laughs> it's me. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing in Taylor Swift reference. Um, I actually heard she's making a music video right now based on the Batman, and that made me very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I messaged my friend Hunter. Hi, Hunter, um, who's a really big Taylor Swift fan. And I was like, are you telling me? Why didn't you message me this? And he's like, I f- you know, you found out on your own, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but what if he didn't? What if Richard didn't find out on his own? Thankfully, I was th- thankfully I'm so ingrained in the Batman Twitter <laughs> that it just came up on its own. Because <laughs> I guess she's filming the music video in locations they filmed the Batman. Oh, so okay, so that's part of it as well. But anyway, um, so there's all that stuff with the DC thing. There's the the headache with Black Adam and all the stuff going on with Dwayne Johnson and him pulling stuff and like saying no, Black Adam's its own thing. You can't be this. You can't do this, Shazam. I don't want to be in this movie. But, you know. And then there's the Zachary Levi stuff. Where, uh, you know, he made a tweet complaining about Big Pharma. But within the context of it, it made it seem like he was making more of an anti-vaxxing statement. As opposed to a Big Pharma complaint. And then that led people to digging into him. And then finding out that he did a Joe Rogan interview where he where he not necessarily praised but uh uh said nice things about Jordan Peterson I believe the guy's name is who oh has gone on record with saying terrible things and saying anti-trans things and and just being an all-out ter- all-out terrible person and then just to add salt to the wound Zachary Levi went completely irate on Instagram live <laughs> trying to tell people to go watch the movie um, and then it got taken out of context because people thought 
people made it look like he was saying John Wick 4 wasn't as good, but that's not what he said at all. <laughs> but it's just, again, and then, you know, obviously it got mixed reviews and people weren't seeing it. And poor David Sandberg, who I'm a huge fan of, was just getting weird messages on Twitter for no reason. Just like people going, I wasn't going to spend money to see your movie, but even though I, I bootlegged it, I had a good time watching it. And he's like, it's weird. <laughs> like, folks, I don't want to, like, judge anybody's, like, the way they consume no. media or anything. Listen, times are tough and all that. But don't don't straight up tell a creator you pirated their thing. Unless, like, yeah, especially something that's, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, there's there's probably some instances where that might be okay because I, I could already imagine somebody going, actually, there's this one time. Okay, whatever. But in most cases, whatever. if I was somebody Again. who put out something... And then you tell me, oh, I I, did, I didn't pay for it, and I and I watched it. Like so, on some level, I'd like to get the kick if I get any kickback from it. I'd like to get that, you know. It's 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 like if you go into like uh like a mom and pop shop that makes pizza, and you stole a slice of pizza in front of them and said, "Hey, I'm stealing this pizza," and walked out without paying for it. That's that's not cool. <laughs> I mean, it is making me think of those like commercials. Like, would you steal a car? And then most people, are like, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, not not to get into that, but point being, just just whatever it is, do it, like, but don't like don't tell the creator, don't well, publish. not not even, don't I don't want I don't want to let's not advocate that if you want to like that is like, your listen, own choice, like it is your it is your choice, but at the same time, don't just like wave the thing in someone's face yeah. saying I didn't spend money on this, like. If you listen, support creators first of all. Right. Don't just don't just rip people off and steal their shit. That's bullshit. Don't do that. Um, again, within context, like anything else, the situation can be different. But at the end of the day, don't do that. Just don't. I spent the, I spent the full twenty bucks and rented the movie on VOD. I did my part. Not that that makes me a saint, but I'm saying I at least paid right. for it when I watched exactly. it. Exactly. You know, um, and at the end of the day, you know what? If I'm being honest, I had a fun time with it. You know, um, it's not perfect. It's not my favorite DC movie. It's not my favorite superhero movie, but I had a lot of fun with it. I'm excited to watch it again when it comes out on disc. Um, I think the creature designs and a lot of the horror elements that uh, David Sandberg put into this one, like he did with the last one, were really cool. I love he has a cyclops and a minotaur and like a lot of those like Greek mythology monsters in it. Um his unicorns are dope. <laughs> like um uh and the only the only real issues I had with it was that I thought it didn't really expand on the sort of emotional aspect of it and we didn't get to spend a lot of time with um Billy Batson as opposed to Shazam, which I would have liked yeah. some somewhat of a back and forth but it was mostly with shazam zachary levi again nothing against him um but i just thought his shtick didn't work as well this time uh as opposed to the last time especially because he's supposed to play older but yet he feels like he's still playing younger which is a little bit odd um but i love all the kids i love all the adult versions of the kids for the most part um I like the f the family itself. Like the Shazam family is a lot of fun, and I you can really feel the excuse me the chemistry that they have together. Um, the the evil villains, uh, the the daughters of Atlas, 
uh, Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu, and and uh, two dudes Hall of Famer Rachel Zegler. Um, it was fun to see them. They're having a good time. Um, Lucy Liu is more like kind of the main villain, so she's like being chaotic. And there's actually a really, at least, and this works for me initially, but uh, might not work for other people, and that's fine. But um, one way this movie ended up working for me is because uh, Black Nerd Comedy on Instagram, he had pointed out that Shazam! Fury of the Gods feels a lot like a Power Rangers movie. Because <laughs> you got different costume, different colored costumed characters who all have lightning bolts on their chest, similar to Power Rangers, um, and they have to transform or, an- uh, you know, a good another word for transform, morph, uh, into other things by essentially saying something. Because, like, when Power Rangers say it's morphin time, they go, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, and they turn into whatever their uh, dinosaur mm-hmm. is. Uh, they have to just say, Shazam, they morph. And they turn into the super-powered versions of themselves. And they're being attacked by uh, sort of evil witches type thing <laughs> who create chaos and unleash monsters onto their city. Very similar to another villain. <laughs> There's a lot of gold. That also is just a little added bonus to it. So it made it fun. And I, I messaged Waiki, um, who's also a big Power Rangers fan, and will be on our show when we eventually talk about Power Rangers. Um, and uh, I was like, you know, David F. Sandberg he should make a Power Rangers movie. And he was like, yeah, I would be, I'd be down for that. So, <laughs> so uh, this is also my campaign to push for uh, David Sandberg. I know he said he wanted to get back into horror and I'm down for that, but also maybe make, make a Power Rangers movie. Make it, make a horrific, um, like a horror Power Rangers uh, story. I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll watch it, man. Get, get, get a lot, get a lot of the cast from Shazam back. Get Asher Angel, get, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, get Rachel Zegler, get freaking Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren, get them all back. <laughs> Why not? Let's have a good time. I know you essentially already made a Power Rangers movie, but let's make it official. Oh, again. <laughs> let's tie let's let's tie a ribbon on it. You know, this is <laughs> But no, I guess my point is I just wanted to say I thought it was a genuinely fun movie. Granted, I'm probably not the best source for that, because I I do like DC stuff more primarily. I have a bit of a bias, but yeah, I had fun with it. It's not. It's definitely not like Suicide Squad or Black Adam, mm. which I don't think are good movies at all. Right. But you know, in its own way, it's not perfect. But I have a good time mm. with it. So. All right. Um. So there's that. Uh, and don't don't steal people's things. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, I know it's like listen, like because it's it's a Warner Brothers joint at the end of the day, but also it's just like, when you tell somebody, I, I don't know, it's just weird to go out of your way to do that. Anyway! It's, it's, the whole thing's complicated. Anyway. <laughs> it's dumb. It's dumb. It is, uh, true, truly. Let's, let's get on to something that is not dumb. Or at least this first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> And that's not to say I don't enjoy dumb things, because I do. <laughs> but I just wanted to, to make a specific note. Um, but no, uh, yeah. Like I said before, we actually had planned to talk about these movies a long time ago, and the day has finally come. And we're going full tilt. We're going the whole journey, <gasps> folks. This isn't done until 
that last freaking movie, Dominion, is viewed by us. Um, but before we even get to that, we got to start at the beginning. Joe Denny Dan, what is this first movie we're talking about today? This first movie. He just slapped me. <laughs> Folks, one of us is in New Jersey, the other one's in Ohio. I felt it still. How weird is that? In any case, let me get back to this. All right, so today... Insufferable. Insufferable, yes. Um, I lost my train of thought. God damn it. <laughs> well... Do you want to start yeah, over? So this, this, first, this first film uh, is an adaptation of a Michael Crichton novel, okay? It uses some computer effects... Ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. Westworld. No, I'm kidding. Oh, what? <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I don't have my cowboy hat. Because uh, Westworld, fun fact, was made by Michael Crichton and had the first 2D computer images uh, in a movie. And this was in the 70s. <laughs> now, the real thing. Another Michael Crichton adaptation, folks. This This movie, this movie, was the highest grossing movie of all time for a couple of years. This film, folks, open the door, get on the floor, everybody walk the dinosaur, because we are talking about Steven Spielberg's seminal science fiction block, summer blockbuster classic, War the Jurassic Park. I'm still stuck on the fact you just sang that song. <laughs> open the door, get on the floor, everybody walk the dinosaur. Boom, boom, boom. I got like a boom. <laughs> There was the a night like this in 1993 <laughs> where Robert Muldoon lit us. No, he didn't light a cigarette. The moment you said that lyric, everything else you just said was just went out the door to me. It, oh, so we opened the door. <laughs> and, and I was stuck there. Insufferable. Anyway. Uh, Jurassic Park, um, it, which is frightening in the dark. All the dinosaurs are running wild. And they sure don't act like Barney. I'm sorry, I had to do it. I had weird out. I part of me believes this is going to be a weird way to start this. Part of me believes, almost actually, most of me believes that this is clearly revenge on Joey's part for what? Because because I so okay. I don't oh, mean to call Joey yes. out. But but this has to be brought up. Joey is one of those people, and I, I can relate to this as well, so it's not just Joey, but Joey is one of those people that likes to be right and <laughs> like and likes to spit facts, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it, it, Again, we're both insufferable, but it happens. And so uh, <laughs> we're watching this first movie, and um, uh, Brachiosaurus shows up, and uh, I go, "Look, it's Littlefoot!" <laughs> and um, clearly, I was wrong, and I knew it. But I knew Joey was going to try to correct me. <laughs> so then, for the majority of every single one of these movies, I would go, "Look, Joey, it's Littlefoot," and he would. St- stare at me <laughs> with no. the most intense stare so part of me believes maybe there's some slight maybe not maybe not planned but a little bit of revenge on your part <laughs> sure. 
sure don't act like Barney. Um, <laughs> but I do act like Littlefoot. Clearly. <laughs> if you didn't know, every dinosaur in this movie is Littlefoot. <laughs> I I say everything with nothing but love for Joey, even though he won't he won't agree or believe me when I say that, but it's true. I, I, I disagree vehemently. <laughs> but anyway, Jurassic Park. Um this feel like so I remember we did the movie poll with our friends a while ago where I collected everybody's twenty favorite movies. Oh yeah. Right? Jurassic. Were you going to do an animated one of that? Not to I, cut you I, off. I'm sorry. I was, but nobody has responded yet. I'll try again later, but whatever. Well, well maybe we'll have better luck. Maybe later. later. But but it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool that you know all those people, my friends, your friends, and, no, and friends thank you came in. again, Richard. Thank you for collecting all that useful data. Um, you know what? It it made work go by faster. Honestly, when it was a slow day, and I was like, hey. My friend wants to know what your top 10 favorite movies are. They were like, hold on, let me get a pen. <laughs> like, people were actually genuinely excited about that. I just want to point that I'm out. I'm glad. Jurassic, so when we did this movie poll, right, like, obviously, like, there were a lot of, like, Empire Strikes Back, John Carpenter's The Thing, Into the Spider-Verse. But one movie, I think the one movie that was consistently on top for most of that run, and I got to double check what number one was, was Jurassic Park. And, that, and the mm-hmm. reason for that is a few reasons. This is an incredible movie. This is 100%. an incredible movie, which we'll get into why later, but you probably already know that if you're listening to this. But also, it's not like other franchises where, Richard, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. My favorite is The Empire Strikes Back. See, right there, we both like Star Wars. But there are different things in Star Wars that we... I like Last Jedi too. But like, we both... There's different <laughs> yeah. things that we value more. Right? Jurassic yeah. Park. Richard, what's the best Jurassic Park movie? Or your favorite Jurassic Park movie? That's that first it's one. That first one. And most that first most one. normal people no, I'm kidding. Uh <laughs> most people no, listen, I don't I think we're the last people to say that. We are the last people. It's a, that's gonna become more evident later, but um But basically, like Jurassic Park is the best is clearly by a mile, a country mile, the best movie in its own franchise. Because it, even though I do enjoy many of the sequels, it did not need same to, same as I. It really did not need nope. sequels. But um, Jurassic Park is like it was. It came out the year I was born. It came out June eleventh, nineteen ninety three. I was born August eleventh, nineteen ninety three. I was two years old when it came out. If it was June of 93, I was two years yep. old. I was about to turn three. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. You had it on, you had it on VHS, I'm right? Looking, I, I mean, I'm that's, that's, staring at my, VH, my, my VHS copy. I, 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 I would be surprised if it wasn't already, already there. You know, because I had it on VHS, I, like most people. Because it was just, like you were saying, it, it was a movie that when it came out, I think everybody instantly was like, this is this is amazing, <laughs> like, because it has everything you could want in a movie of of its kind, but it was also like sort of unique, because like we've had in the before that there was stuff with dinosaurs, there was stuff with you know the T Rexes and whatnot. I mean, you know, it's not like it was an inherently new new thing to see dinosaurs, but it was just the way they were presented by ILM 
um, as well as by Stan Winston and his guys when they did the puppet effects, which are s- both of which still stand the test of time to this day. I mean, yeah, some of the effects are dated because it's a 90s movie, but because you have such a talented filmmaker like Steven Spielberg and you got a great cinematographer like Dean, C- uh, was Dean, it Dean, Dean Cundy? Cundy? Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking of someone else named Dean. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, wait, I don't want to mix their names up. Um, but they knew how to light it. Mm-hmm. They knew how to frame it so that even by today's standards, you can watch Jurassic Park and not immediately be turned away by the dated special effects. And they knew how to utilize it so that you can switch between puppets and switch between special effects. And so, and it just, and it was just a fun movie. First, first of all, it was a great monster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you had incredible actors at the forefront with uh, Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern. And Richard Attenborough as the the iconic uh, Doctor John, not Doctor uh, John Hammond, um, um, Wayne Knight, in introducing us, Wayne Knight, freaking, um, uh, what's it? What, who's he on Seinfeld again? Yeah, say that again. Newman. Yeah, he was like Newman. He Newman. Yeah, because um, that was in the notes. Newman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, like it just it just had and Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Like before, he was like Samuel L. Jackson. Like he he was in movies, obviously. Like he was he was in Do the Right Thing and other things. But like, like he's yeah. But he's but now like he's one of those guys that you're like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, you know, because like '94 he did Pulp Fiction. So this was before mm-hmm. before he got an Oscar nomination. And he's amazing in Pulp Fiction on that. Of course, note. but yeah. um, but like this movie just is has anything you could want in a movie and it's one of those movies that like i i imagine for most people you just watch it and you're immediately happy because like it's just such a great like i remember when early on in our covid times uh when i got a projector the first movie we watched out outside was jurassic park because why not yeah like it's it's got to be the first one and it was it was so fun uh, it was fun to like set up a screen and, and project it. And it's just one of those movies that, you know, again, you just feel good when you're watching because you're having a fun time. And, you know, it's got cool monsters, excuse me, and dinosaurs. Yep. It's got Mr. DNA. <laughs> Dino DNA. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bingo. But, I mean, just the basic gist of it, I'm not, we're not going to get too much into the plot just because it's kind of like The Wizard of Oz or Star Wars, where it's like. Like it's a theme park. There's it's <laughs> there's a theme park. Um, it hasn't opened yet because of uh, legal matters. But John Hammond wants to bring in some you know scientists to sort of you know hey have them check out the park, give get their like sort of like okay or a, sort of like they're like yeah this is a cool place, and you know there's some corporate like, espionage going on. You were saying sorry. Uh, um, to interject, like John Hammond. Along with the scientists, um, found uh, mosquitoes stuck in amber. Yep. And those mosquitoes were from the prehistoric era, uh, and you know, sixty-five million years ago, and had apparently fought you know dinosaur DNA inside of them, so that they were able to extract it, um, intertwine it with the DNA of other animals, frogs specifically. To make "quote unquote" dinosaurs, yep. not actual dinosaurs, but just 
you can't see it, but air quotes. My fingers, I'll scratch the <laughs> microphone. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, and so they decided to open up a theme park on in Costa Rica on the island of Isla Nublar. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order to do that, like Joey said, they had to jump through some legal hoops by uh, calling in some professionals yes. to help look at the park and hopefully pass on it and say, yes, this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. But as we learn very quickly, before anything even really happens, this is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not a great, not a great plan. <laughs> as Tony Stark said, not a great plan. You know, I, I think with with this movie, it's I, I think for the the average audience, um, you know, I think this movie asks them to think about a lot of things, like you know. Thinking about like like man, man versus God, or man trying to emulate God, it's sort of a Frankenstein kind of story, um, mm-hmm. in a sense. And um, the other big thing with this, you were talking about, and you brought bringing this up too. The actors are exceptional. Now, yes. Now today we all love Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, you know all these people. But back then, they weren't. There weren't like movie star they weren't movie stars they were just not really really good at- i mean i was reading up on like some of the potential people that could have been in this movie like harrison ford could have been sam could have been alan grant or sean sean Con- i thought i read sean connery could have been um i'm gonna double check that sean connery could have been um uh hammond you know there's a- oh, all wow. sorts of like gwyneth paltrow was almost um you know uh ellie sattler you know, so a lot of like di- different casting could have gone on, but and you know, I think as far as the stuff goes, I think the cast that we get is pretty exceptional. I don't think there's anybody who is miscast in this at all. I think the support, like again, obviously the main trio is great. I want to highlight somebody who d- probably doesn't get a lot, uh, but I'm sure if you see the movie, he's um, incredible. And that is Bob Peck as Robert Muldoon. Ah, clever girl. Yes. Another iconic line. Yes. Um, who is incredible and is, you know, from the from the get-go knows how dangerous these things are. Like that opening scene mm-hmm. where the, the one, like, in-gen worker gets killed by the raptor. But we don't know what it is exactly yet because it's shot so mm-hmm. beautifully. Um, we, all, we All we hear is, like, the sound. The sound. We see the like, eye... A little bit. The eye is just like it's how, like it almost sounds like, like a like imagine like an out of breath kid, but like pitched high up. Yeah, is what it kind of sounds like, and it's kind of unnerving. I mean, I think one of the the sound things for the Raptors, I think they were like dolphin screeches, like that. Also, would yeah. yeah. I mean, it's also no. again the soundscape. I'm thinking back to something like King Kong, which I think was probably the closest reference point they had for this movie. Um. You know, and that was a movie where obviously nobody knew what a dinosaur sounded like, so they had to make up certain like dinosaur f- sound effects and use be creative with all that. And this movie had to do that as well. You know, I think like the T Rex, there's some walrus grunts in there, a mm-hmm. dog on a chew toy. You know, like all these like different like elements. And the crazy thing is because this movie became so impactful and big that whenever we see dinosaurs or anything represented in media now, it's all referenced in this. Yeah. 
like this this the the roar a t-rex makes in this movie which we don't know i mean we have an idea of probably what a t-rex sounded like but um at the same time you know i'm not saying this is exactly what he sounded like in this movie but for now on for the for the furtherment of time uh in future generations when they hear a t-rex roar it's going to sound like this and not just from this movie but from other things they see with a t-rex in it I mean, sometimes I hear other movies that just use the T-Rex <laughs> roar, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, um, so obviously this movie has a lasting impact on the soundscape, the sound end of things, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then visual, uh, visually, like, it was just incredible because there, there were digital special, like digital, like visual effects going on in movies before this. Like people talk about young Sherlock Holmes as sort of like the first like CG character. Uh, CG creature brought to life. Obviously, you have the Abyss and and Term and uh, Terminator Two, and but the difference with all those is that none of those are organic, living, breathing creatures. You know, so it had to be. So you had to make these things. Um, you know, you had, to, you had to get it right. You had to get these things to be realistic. You had to get the skin tones and the textures uh, right, which honestly, in a number of sequences, looks pretty good. Yeah. Still by today's standards, you know, and again, it's because like like Spielberg and Dean Cundey and as well as the 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 effects artists, they knew what they were doing. And not to say that people yeah. don't know what like I'm talking specifically effects artists know what they're doing today, but there's so much more crunch. And also, there's just so many people working on this one shot. So it's not just the VFX people. I mean, their main goal obviously is to make the dinosaur look good in the scene. Yeah. But then the director and the cinematographer and, you know, people staging the scene, they have to light it a certain way. Everybody's kind of trying to do the best they can. And sometimes some ideas don't cross well. Some, yeah. some ideas don't work as well on, on in action as they did on paper. Change. I mean, Marvel, and ideas, Marvel yes. stuff that, that happens, um, you know. So, again, it was just, um, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, the, the effects in this are ILM and Stan Winston. <laughs> You know, yeah. whereas today there will be like dozens, like many effects houses that work on a single movie or a project. Mm. It's extensive. It's very extensive. Um, but it was also crazy too, because like I'm sure you've wa- maybe at some point watched the making of Jurassic Park with uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, it's crazy to see like all the computer power they had to use back then. Uh, it's just like, wow. I think about it because I remember as a kid having like a, a computer set up and just being like, they needed all of that. <laughs> and the crazy thing too is at one point they were planning on doing stop motion, I believe, right? With with your boy. Phil Tippett, yeah, they were going to do go motion, which is sort of an advanced version of stop motion. He did some tests and yeah. listen, they looked it looked really good, but it still had like a slight jerkiness of, of yeah. stop motion. It was still just not quite, but... Because he knew how things moved, they he was still kept on the team as like a as a dinosaur um, as like a dinosaur consultant. I will say a really good example of that um, is that because I watched that Dragon Slayer movie not long ago, and he implemented that in that movie. Yeah, I was a bit nervous to watch it for like the dragon stuff, just because it still kind of has like you saying like the jerkiness, like the stop motion aspect, but it looks really good. Yeah. Honestly, it's like I was not like I was like I completely was like this guy's stabbing a stabbing a dragon. Yeah, I, <laughs> I believe it. I'm I'm in it. Right. I'm involved. Um, 
so but it's kind of a nice like if like just for anyone uh, first off it's a good movie it's a fun movie i recommend watching it um but also uh it's a nice sort of look at what could have possibly been had they gone that route because right. it would have been kind of cool to see but i am i am still happy with uh ilm and and stan wins and everyone uh what they were able to achieve on this yeah yeah i mean i just think about like all like the the different challenges they had to do like i think about the t-rex the t-rex attack which is probably the most famous scene in the movie oh, yeah. and you know to t- they had a, obviously they had a digital T-Rex for some shots, but they also had a, a giant like full scale T-Rex for many shots. Like I could, I can only imagine how terrifying like the kids like are just in the in the jeep, and you, they just they got the flashlight on and they just see the head dip down <laughs> like in the rain. You're like, nope. Mm-mm. But but also too like having that giant piece of machinery having to operate in the rain. They have to dry it off after every every take to make sure and like the thing would jitter and it's just like just thinking about that um like the, uh, all the different challenges also because too that was obviously done on a sound stage um and they had to match it up with what they did in hawaii because they shot you know much a lot of that stuff in hawaii you know so just i can only Im- i can only imagine how loud it was too on that note with all the machinery but i'm sorry no ahead. no no um but that whole sequence like it still holds up incredibly well. It's at night. It's in the rain, and I mean, there's so many great sequences in this movie. That's just that's just one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And again, we talk about the actors. I think the actors are extremely effective at like capturing both fear and terror, but also awe and wonder. Like when they first arrive at Jurassic Park, and they Alan Grant first sees the Brachiosaur, and is Littlefoot. <laughs> And sees, <laughs> and is just like in disbelief. And then I love it when when um, John Hammond's just like we have a T Rex, and out Grant is, he's just like pass Ugh. like pass out. Um, you know. But I also on that same note, I also love because like there's that on wonder. But then when they go through the tour and then they see the 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 dino, their little baby raptor being born. And he looks at uh, B.D. Wong's character, and he's like, "What breed is this?" He's a Velociraptor, and he and he immediately is just like, "You breed raptors," and the guy's like, condescendingly, just going, "Yeah." And Doctor <laughs> and Doctor Henry Wu, by the way, so that way, you, yes, you know, you know, but, the character. Um, shout out to B.D. Wong though, who is who I love. I love B.D. I love he was able um, to get a paycheck for those for the new trilogy. Yes, <laughs> that was awesome. B.D. Wong getting paid. That's what I like to see. Woo! Not, he's not just cashing those Law and Order checks, folks. He's got some Dino money too. Dino, like B- bingo! I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> bingo, Dino cash, <laughs> Dino ATM. <laughs> um, but no, I like I love the fact that it it's a nice um c- contrast to that on wonder, and then him just immediately going. Why are they doing that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I feel like that's I not that I think Alan Grant was wasn't skeptical before, but I feel like that's the moment he immediately was like, This is dumb. Yeah. Like this is a bad idea. Because they went too far. I think like that to me that's that's another great thing about the movie is that it has all these amazing elements to it. But even the little things, like the details, the setups and payoffs, like all the little things, like like you brought up when we were watching, and I didn't even think of that, um, but I uh it it's amazing. Um, the the seatbelt thing, mm-hmm. 
uh, which uh, basically the whole thing in the movie is that the scientists um, essentially control the gender of the dinosaurs so that every dinosaur in Jurassic Park is female so they don't breed is their thought process. Um, but as famously stated by Dr. Ian Malcolm, Joey, if you please. Life uh, finds a way. Also, mommy's very angry. And life... <laughs> <laughs> Insufferable. Yep. <laughs> Hi, insufferable. I'm dad. <laughs> um, but but no, he says that line. It's become obviously so famous that it's used on the posters now yep. for the newer movies, and um, understandably so. It's a great line, and he's right. Life found a way because the dinosaurs start to breed because, as we learn, um, some breeds of frogs actually can change their gender and nature so they can breed if they're stuck in a same-sex environment. Yeah. So, uh, that's pretty cool, honestly. Right. Yeah. And, but also, very dangerous because the dinosaurs are expanding. <laughs> they are. Yep. <laughs> so, um, uh, basically, going back to the seatbelt scene... Um, Everyone's able to seatbelt perfectly. Yeah. But then you have Alan Grant, who's got two uh, ends and none of the clipper parts. Typically, they're referred ends. to as, like, the female ends. Just to, yes. you know... It's dated terminology. I apologize, but... But he's he's basically working with two, two of the same ends. Yeah. And what does he do? What does he do? What does he do, Jeff? He, what does he, he do? ties them together. And then, uh, and he's secure. And he's secure. And then Jeff Goldblum smiles as he's chewing gum. And then the music swells. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's it's one of those movies. Like, if you ask me to like pick it apart critically, I think it'd be really hard for me to because it's just like, yeah, critically critically review water, guys. Hmm. Um. No. It's, it's, it's challenging. I mean, there's, I'm not saying it's perp, but like, as far as like a, like a summer blockbuster kind of movie, it's great. But I also think too, there's a, I mean, what, like compared to other movies today, there's not that many effect shots in this movie. There's a lot of like location work. And of course, a lot of the dinosaur stuff happens in the second half of the movie. And it's amazing to me to think about like our expectations for something like, like think about Ant-Man Quantumania. Which you haven't seen, but like, no, nah, I probably I probably won't see it. But th that's fine. But like, Ant Man Quantum is a silly little, you know, should be anyway for an Ant Man movie. Should be Ant Man should be silly, but but it's got all these like effects things going on. Like every literally every scene is like an, an effects thing now. Mm -hmm. Um, and back then it, it just wasn't the case. The expectations were a little different. Obviously, the capabilities were a little different. Um, what you could do was limited. So they had to really get it right on those specific instances. Whereas today you can do anything you could do. You could with the, with the right budget. Anyway, you can do anything. I mean, if you look at, I mean, we'll talk about them specifically, but you look at those later Jurassic park movies and it really is like, you can, if there's one positive thing I can say, not that, you know, I'm, we're going to completely trash those movies, but if there's one definite positive, I could say is the, the effects have gotten amazing. Yeah over time Absolutely. and like the dinosaurs in the in the in the world trilogy are insanely amazing and look so good and 
just to see like like even that opening scene from from Fallen Kingdom or not even just that like the the scene when they're watching the the brontosaurus walk across the like fallen huh, fallen kingdom <laughs> i get it now um <laughs> hi insufferable i'm dad uh, <laughs> um like seeing that like just like the wrinkles on the skin the the little details like the skin texture on the leg it, it it's insane how good it looks now um and so like these days it like it's just probably like we'll just make this this is easy we have templates now but back then you know like you were saying they can only do so much but for what they could do it's pretty great and then but also knowing that they could only do so much they like worked as hard as they could to make everything else be as amazing as the special effects and it's it really is one of those movies that i feel bad for the sequels only because they're the sequel to this movie mm. Because they have to live up to the legacy of this movie. Yeah. And none of them do. Fully, just full stop, I'll admit. I don't think any of them do. But they're all entertaining to a certain extent in their own right. But the point being with this one is that this is like one of those lightning in a bottle situations. Yeah. <clears throat> where everybody involves Steven Spielberg, Dean Cundy, Sam Neill, Ian, Mal- uh, Ian Malcolm, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Laura Dern, Richard Attenborough, Stan Winston, ILM, everybody literally came together because this sounded like a really fun thing and they made the best version of it that they could. And then unfortunately they decided to make more and <laughs> it's like that we got to live up to this. Not that they had to. Right. Cause each, each movie could really be its own thing. But the, I guess my point is that everything that happens in this movie is damn near perfect. Yep. Like, I would go so far as to say, like, if there is an example of a perfect movie that's not Paddington, <laughs> it's it's Jurassic Park, this first one. It's up there. It's up there. Like, it's, like, like nothing's pitch perfect. Nothing's, like, absolutely perfect. You can point out, I'm sure, a million flaws in this, but it is one of those movies, especially for our generation. Yeah. And even, like, you know, some of the older folks, some of the younger folks. Um, this movie... For many, like it, even in today's standards, like a lot of a lot of young folks um, look at it as like a not just like an exciting movie, but like uh, I, you know, because there's the whole gender thing about it. Yeah. Because there's the gender fluidity of it. There's trans representation. You know, technically with, speaking, with dinosaurs with dinosaurs, <laughs> like nature, <gasps> fucking nature. Like this movie in '94 saying, "Hey, in nature, animals can change their gender." So what's the problem, folks? Why is it we have to have an issue with people doing that? Though I think people, I don't know. I, think, I also think people would argue that uh, well, a lot of these are the meat-eating dinosaurs that are ready to kill you, and some people would argue that that's not a good look either. But sure, it just that's even better, <laughs> you know. Point point being, it's still like a, an in nature thing. Yeah, is it, right. that that in its own is kind of cool, and right. the dinosaurs. While they are the monsters, quote-unquote, in this movie, I don't think they're ever, especially for the sequels, treated as the villains. In mo- most instances, no. I think what I really liked, um, you know, there's just a lot of scenes of them just, they're just animals, you know. They're just vibing. Um, they're just living as best they can. Like, I think about, we'll get to the second movie, so I won't bring it up now. But I'm thinking about other, other there's so many other, like, little details that I, I really like. I love, 
um, when they're running away from the Raptors at the end of the movie, and there's the shot of the ra- like the Stan Winston animatronic, and the uh, Stan Winston uh, puppet, you know, and it's got mm. all the computer like binary code like projected on its face. It's such a mm. great like you know impactful shot. Um, mm. I also think about like <laughs> the little like picture of Oppenheimer <laughs> at um, at Nedry's desk. <laughs> Not Killian Murphy. Not Killian Murphy. Uh, Spielberg did not want to tie in with Christopher Nolan at all. Uh, he, he was like, "I'm not. I'm not ready for uh, that." Uh uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh uh. We're not ready for that. Um. Uh uh-uh. uh. But you know, there's that. I the whole climactic battle scene is also really cool too. Um, mm-hmm. It's also really funny because I remember reading somewhere, watching in like a video. I think it was like one of the newer features they put in for the Blu-ray. Where one of the production guys on Jurassic Park was like, "Okay, so the T Rex comes in. How do the well? How do how do they come? How do they not see him?" And Spielberg goes, "Well, first off, you know, he comes in from the right side of the frame and then down into the frame." And Spielberg, it was almost like a Leone kind of shot where it's just like, "Who fucking cares? The T Rex came in. He's there. The T-Rex, and we're having fun. We can't see the T Rex. Couldn't see the T Rex. Therefore, he wasn't there. And now he just pops in. You know, it's just like whatever." And then, of course, there's that amazing, iconic um, when dinosaurs rule the, the earth, as the band, the, oof, the banner things falls. falling down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so many great things. Of course, there's the, the Phil Tippett. You can look up the Phil Tippett story where they're like, you know, uh, or it looks like we're out of a job. Don't you mean extinct? You can look that up. There's everybody's talked about that. Like, no. That's the other thing with this movie too. Everybody's talked about it. I'm sure there's things we forgot to mention. Um, is there anything you want to mention? I say case in point, this this movie represents a lot of things for a lot of people, which is definitely what I was leading towards earlier. But it is one of those movies that I it's 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 timeless. It'll you know most like it is a movie that is enjoyed by a vast amount of people. It's again, it's one of those movies that you know I know is on Joey and I's top ten list, and sometimes it's number one. We're we're you know because we're just like how great is Jurassic Park? Like seriously, it is pretty great. Like it's 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 gotten to that point where you know bringing up the water thing, you know it's it's like the the meme from BVS. It's like Jurassic Park's perfect. In other news, water wet. Well, speaking of water, like I love that like they tell us <laughs> in the documentary too how they mm-hmm. get the ripple in the water. Like about Michael Antieri having to figure out like all these things they have to fit like these things they have to figure out and I also just like the bonus features of like showing people the tough the how tough it was to do these things whereas now I feel yeah. like when I watch a lot of like studio bonus features a lot of the time it's just yeah well this character is the best character in this franchise you see we're going that's, on this that's movie. why they're only forty minutes long <laughs> <laughs> if that long that's being generous honestly oh. I- Sorry, <laughs> like you know, but it's a great it's a great movie. There's other stuff I'll probably bring up with this movie in relation to the other ones as we go on um, with this. Yeah, because you can't bring up you can't talk about the other ones without talking about this one. Really, you cannot. And I think on that note, we're going to take a brief intermission. We come back. We're going to site B. We're going to be staying there for a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Well, we're making we're making new mistakes. Stay tuned.
a dinosaur story. <laughs> I, 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 it deserved it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, deserved it. I'm dad. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, our big Jurassic Park celebration uh, two-parter, part uh, 1.2, I guess, that's what you would call it. Um, in our last segment, we talked about the iconic Jurassic Park. Um, again, probably not all of it. We'll probably get to a little bit more of it as we go along, as Joey said in the last segment, but you know, I think we did a pretty decent coverage considering it's a movie everybody's talked about and if we missed anything somebody else has brought it up and the whole opening is just quotes (laughs) and trust me when i say this that's gonna still happen it's gonna keep going i'm fine with that especially with this particular segment in this episode so just you wait just you wait uh but moving forward Joe Dinny Dan, mm-hmm. what is the second movie we're talking about? Well, Richard, um, Richard, here's the thing with yes. this movie. This is oh, what, okay. This is um, a movie with a very weirdly worded title. This is a movie that that Steven Spielberg uh, sort of made Michael Crichton write another Jurassic Park book to have it, uh, you know, <laughs> connect on some <laughs> level. This is the reason Joseph Mazzello was able to pay for his college education. This is, this is, this is not Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Lost World. This is the Lost World, Jurassic Park. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um... So obviously the first one um, in its initial release made over $900 million today because of the re-releases and stuff. It's made over a billion dollars. Oldest movie to ever gross a billion dollars, by the way. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. Obviously huge hit, huge hit on TV. It was the, I think at that time it was the biggest audience for a TV like broadcast of a movie ever. Like o- almost 70 million people tuned in in 1995 to watch it on TV um, it sold millions and millions of copies on VHS. And it cemented people like us um, as massive fans of dinosaurs. Massive fans of dinosaurs. Like, but listen, yeah. you got to understand the dinosaur obsession because of these movies was palpable. Like, I remember as a young kid uh, in, the, in the kindergarten playground with my friend Cameron. Hi, Cameron. And my other friend Patrick. We would pretend to be dinosaurs. We'd be running around recess. Um, he, my friend Cameron, he would be the raptor, so he'd be the fast one running around, and I was the T-Rex, and I still was fast, and he was mad at me because T-Rexes aren't fast, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to be fast, and I run fast. It was a great time, you know? And then we had all the toys, had a little J-Piece logo on it, like a little piece could come off because you could rip a piece off, and you saw, like, bone and yes. meat, which is gross, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty cool. I love the fancy J-P. Where it was the J, and it has like the you know the little P little, on the top. It kind of looks like like the PlayStation logo, where it's like a P, and then it comes down, mm-hmm. and then it like melts into the S almost. Right. 
Um, also, too, a uh, shout out to Feehan. Uh, his personality would not exist without this first, the first <laughs> Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> I mean that in the best possible way. Speaking of friend shout outs, I want to shout out to my friend Alex Ford, who's probably in my life the biggest Jurassic Park fan I know. He's seen all the movies, he's read all the books. Anytime I think about Jurassic Park, I think he's the first person I think of. So, shout out to Alex Ford. Um, love you so much, man. Hope all yes. is well. Yes. I they actually uh, I guess there's like a t-shirt company or something that's does a is having a branding thing with Jurassic Park and they made a um Wayne Knight uh <laughs> Nedry shirt <laughs> that's like a button down like the, like the, the kind of like like the shirts you wear sometimes like your nice shirts right, but it's yeah, just yeah. like it's just the computer screen it's like uh 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 <laughs> and it's all over I immediately tagged him and then that company uh responded to my 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 post with a gif of Nedry laughing <laughs> when the with to the Barbasol can which we did not mention we didn't even Holy talk shit. about dude, we didn't even I bring up Nedry or the Barbasol can or the work the workers rights in that movie uh oh, listen so before that... we get into our this movie <laughs> Nedry I think uh, if we're you're a kid or like somebody who's just an idiot you're gonna look at Nedry as like the villain like, like, oh, Nedry's so bad, like, but let's be honest. Like, fuck you, dude. Hammond wasn't paying him anything. <laughs> fuck you, you little kid who doesn't understand this. No, I, this is not for children, because children, listen, they have a very basic perception of the, of, of the world, right? And you look at, I looked at John Hammond, I'm like, oh, it's just Walt Disney, he's being, meanwhile, it's, meanwhile, it's like, oh, shit, Walt Disney was so anti-union, among other things, and, like, it's like all these people, ooh, these people are demonized. Ooh. It's like, man, he need money. Dogs They need to live. Money. We live in a capitalist society. Listen, like, listen. Well, unfortunately, we need money. But also, we oh, even worse, we didn't talk about the lawyer, Gennaro, who gets eaten. Who gets <laughs> eaten on the toilet. It's eaten on the can. Um, has a lot of, like, quotes, like, who is, he's such an asshole. Like, he's, him. He's such an asshole. Like, him getting devoured, fine. But Nedry's a little more complicated, because, yes, he endangered everybody, but it's also like, listen, Hammond, you really should have just paid your staff. I don't think any of this. If you had a proper Jurassic Park labor union. Listen, you want to, you want to see the proper, from a visual standpoint, the proper differentiation between the lawyer and Nedry. See, when we first meet Nedry, he's having dinner in like a tropical location. Yeah. And he's dressed appropriately. Like he's dressed nice, but he's dressed appropriately yes. because he knows where he is. Mm -hmm. The lawyer is wearing a fucking suit in Costa Rica. <laughs> Why? <laughs> when he slipped on that rock, I wish it, he I wish he didn't catch himself. <laughs> I, I wish every time I'm like, no, you should have fallen down, sir. Oh my god, um, just knock some sense into you. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're continuing. There's a few more people I wanted to shout out, like um, uh, Martin Martin Ferrero as uh, Gennaro the lawyer. Uh, he appeared on Kimmel a couple of years ago, actually, and they sort of recreated the uh, <laughs> toilet scene because that's what he's most famous okay, that's for. Yeah, that's pretty um, and funny. And then Miguel uh, Sandoval, who's been in a bunch of movies, and he's the guy at the beginning. Grant's like me. He's a digger. He's and a he, digger. And it's a great shot of look, looking at the, the mosquito. The amber. So great. Mm. I mean, there's so, there's so much. The kids, I thought, were really good in that in that first movie, too. I didn't. Oh, get they're them. so good. They're so good. Um, you know, there's, there's so much to talk about. But anyway. Anyway. 
obviously Jurassic Park was a huge success, really, really big success. Okay, as we just, I just stated all the metrics. All right, and so obviously, also by the way, Steven Spielberg finally won an Oscar for Best Director and Best Picture for Schindler's List. Um, Deservedly so, and he did that the, sa- the same year. Came out the same year as Jurassic Park. So when people try to say Spielberg is a hack, I give them like a side. I, I I can't take him seriously. But anyway, <laughs> can, can you do the classic sure for me? Just, just sure. I'll take your opinion on films seriously, there, partner. Sure. <laughs> I'm glad you turned into a weird version of John Wayne. That was that. Yeah, was. listen here. Partner, we're gonna listen to your opinion all day, every day. <laughs> now I'm thinking about the critic, uh, where it's just like, you know, uh, we, we gotta, you know, uh, oh, we gotta eat. And Walter Burton's like, yeah, but Shirley McLean's got some french fries for us. Yeah, but then you gotta <laughs> listen to her. <laughs> it's so dumb. So, so, Lost World Jurassic Park is the second film, and I think, um, like all great, or all second films that I think are at least somewhat interesting, it follows up on the events of the previous film and the consequences of the previous film. Because listen, the dinosaurs are there. They still exist. So now we're living in a world where there's two islands of dinosaurs. Yeah, you heard me right. There's two. Because there's Isla Nublar. And the other one is Isla Sorna. Mm -hmm. And I want to say this right now. Because it's important. This podcast is a is a is a pro Isla Sorna podcast. Okay, do not do not ignore Isla Sorna. I know the the sequ- the world movies tried. Well, they did, but I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> Isla Sorna it exists. Anyway, well, yes, that's true. <laughs> That's all. I just, I, I don't done, erase, listen, don't I, erase nope. the canonical history of Jurassic Park. Just don't no, do it. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, Isla Sorna is basically, as I understand it, basically Isla Sorna was sort of like the res- more of the research island. Like, yeah. Nublar is the theme park. Isla, Isla Sorna is sort of like for the staff and for like, you know, just... Cause listen, it's like Disney World and then underneath Disney World. the With the Utilidors, yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. That's a good comparison. Um, but I, I think I've also Thank heard you. too that Sorna is also a much larger island than Nublar. Um, that makes sense. Which also makes sense given the two mo- the two movies that, uh, that feature Sorna because it feels like they com- take place in completely different parts of the island. So it better be big. It, it better be huge. Um, <laughs> it better be huge. But basically, we have Ian, Dr. Ian Malcolm once again, who when I was a little kid, I thought he was a completely different character. It didn't register to me that that was the same guy from the first movie. I mean, in your little kid's, def- in your little, in, in little Joey's defense, he didn't have his Joey hair. He didn't have Joey sunglasses. He didn't have the leather. <laughs> Listen, if you look, if you've never seen Joey, all you really got to do is watch that first Jurassic Park <laughs> and look at Ian Malcolm and you get an idea of what Joey will look like, at least from the neck up. He doesn't wear a lot of leather. <laughs> But, not, not often, anyway. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you wear leather. At least not around me. Well, because I think uh, normally if I do, I have like a leather jacket I'll wear in the winter time. And yeah, that's sensible. We don't see each other like usually around that time of year anyway. So, But anyway, Ian Malcolm 
you know, this is obviously after the events of the first Jurassic Park. Uh, his university uh, took away his tenure because he was talking about the events of what happened on the island, and Ingen was like, uh, 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 little boy. They were suppressing the truth. They were suppressing. Doesn't that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Um, and so then, uh, Ian, Ian Malcolm, um, Ian Malcolm goes to like John Hammond's, um, estate because John Hammond has to talk to him, right? Obviously, you know, you get Richard Attenborough again, obviously. And the main gist of their conversation is about site B, but we also learn too, that because of the events of the last couple of years and also, but also mainly there is an event where a little girl got harmed by the comp, the Comsognathus, like the little dinosaurs, chicken-sized dinosaurs. The little squeakers. Little squeakers. Um, that they pushed, basically pushed John Hammond out of InGen, basically. And it they don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like they say it outright completely. Um, but it feels like he's, he's not in the best of health either. It's more... Yeah, because he's in, because he's like in bed. He's, he's in like, bed. There's he's, like, you he's know, bedridden, kind of. There's medical yeah. equipment and, and, you know, it happens. Um, but he tells Ian about Site B, obviously. We all, we already talked about Site B, but... He says, I'm going to send a bunch bunch of researchers down there and have them study them. One of them being your girlfriend. And immediately, before he even mentions the girlfriend, he's like, no. I, I, no I'm gonna, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to go and stop all of those people that you hired from actually going. But then, the girlfriend's already there. Mm-hmm. Because she's a good, she's tenacious. <laughs> And she's an explorer. Yeah. Good old Sarah Harding. Sarah Harding, played by Julianne Moore. Sarah Harding! How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? <laughs> Speaking of that, Vince Vaughn's in this movie. And I want to say that now only because I always forget he's in this movie. Like, Vince Vaughn, like, he, obviously, he, he's grown uh, such a great career. He's in a lot of comedies in the 2000s and... He's been in a few stuff recently. Uh, he's in a movie, the movie Freaky, which I watched that came out in 2020. That was a pretty good movie, actually. Um, I, I, he's He and Jack Black are in a specific class of actor where they're funny guys who are really good. And I mean, sev- like, really good at playing teenage girls. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. It sounds weird, but trust me, it's a fact. If I had a nickel every time an actor I liked was able to play a teenage girl, I'd have two nickels. Which is not a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. <laughs> See, I'm just waiting for Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson to, to follow suit in this. <laughs> Friggin' Will Ferrell, John C. Riley keep playing teenage boys. I'm like, no. No. Clearly, you're on the wrong path. <laughs> See, uh, they should have got Jack Black in Twin Peaks uh, in the high school. <laughs> that would, oh my god! I feel I'm surprised he hasn't done a David Lynch movie on that note. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, um, but yeah. So Vince Vaughn's in this movie. Vince Vaughn. Point that out. Vince Vaughn as as a guy, he doesn't seem like the best guy. He's like, I, I go to place, I go to Greenpeace because there's a lot of women, you know, and he's just. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you go to Greenpeace? They're the women. It's a lot of women in Greenpeace. <laughs> no, no. But you know what? He At least he's honest at first, too. He's like, why do you do this job? of getting paid. <laughs> this, last, last year was good, was noble. This year is, is getting paid or something. You know, it's a line. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, but also, just to round out some of the other characters, um, I just want to pull this up, too, just to because I don't want to be an idiot. Um, so... 
um, uh, Kelly, played by Vanessa Lee uh, Chester. Um, she's very good. She's very good in the movie as Malcolm's daughter. Um, you know, which we learned he's got three, and so we only met one of them. We only we only met one of them. We had this. We had to see. The thing is with this movie, like in the first one, Ian Malcolm is like a reckless guy. He is yes. a little off his. Like he's fun, but you're like, I don't want to spend too much time with this guy. Like I think I think when Hammond called him a rock star in the first one, I think that was such a perfect way to describe him because rock stars on the surface are such cool people, but then like for a lot of them, when you hear about like the behind the scenes stuff, it gets a bit sketchier. <laughs> it gets a bit sketchy, but then now that's not. Uh, that's not to say I don't. I just also want to point. That's not to say all rock stars are like sketchy. No, off stage. I just want to point that out. Not all of them are, no. but some uh, are. Some, yes. Um, but but yeah, Ian Malcolm in this one is a lot more serious, and obviously the event of the first movie has changed him. So I think Jeff Goldblum does a really good job in both of these movies portraying the two versions of Ian Malcolm that we the leathered and the unleathered, the leathered and the unleathered. Um, of course, he goes. They go to the. They go to the island. Okay, um, and it turns out <laughs> there's also a huge expedition over there, started by Hammond's nephew Ludlow. Um, I'm just gonna check out the actor. Uh, Ar- Arliss Howard is the actor's name. Uh, Peter Ludlow, mm-hmm. who is now the basically the head of InGen and is trying to make a San Diego Jurassic Park. Make it a more accessible Jurassic Park to Americans. Franchising. Sort of franchising it, um, but not having it be on an island. Didoy. You know, because it's, listen, it's just a lot easier. Look, listen, would you rather go to the island of Disney or Orlando? Honestly, it's a hard choice, but Orlando's closer. <laughs> it's like, which one is which one has the cheaper flights? <laughs> It's gotta be Orlando. I guess I'll go. Yeah, it's gonna be that one. So, basically, he's got, like, sort of the groups, the hunters and, like, the scientists, basically. Mm -hmm. The scientists and the researchers, um, you know. But one of these hunters is a guy, Roland Tembo, as played by Mm. the late, great Pete Postlethwaite, who is one of my favorite supporting characters in any Jurassic Park movie. Honestly, and that—that's just that actor is a great because he's in so many. He's in the town. He's mm-hmm. amazing in the town. He—he's got a smaller role in Inception as Killian Murphy bringing him back, <laughs> Oppenheimer's dad, um, in that film. And for me, as a young boy, he was the the cricket dude, not the not the cricket, but the dude who like told James about like the peach and all the crazy oh. stuff, and he gave him the little green thing. Right. Um, in James and the Giant Peach, he's in that movie. Um, where uh, James is stuck with his evil aunts, and and he shows up, and he's like, "Have a look. There are marvelous things out there, and marvelous things you can experience." We actually plan to talk about that at some point, but not yet. But it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um, but he's great in the movie because he is just like he doesn't want money. Like, but I love the line where it's like, "Where are you? Where do you think you're going to collect my fee, Mister Lalo? To collect my fee?" Because he wants, because he's, because he's like, he's a most dangerous game kind of guy. Yes, he, he's hunted every other conceivable, like, big, like, predator out there. And now he's got to get a T-Rex. Buck, male only. Oh, yeah. That's him. (laughs) But basically, a lot of the movie is, is centered around that conflict. But then they also have to work together to get off, um, to get off of the island. So there's a lot of, like good tension 
uh, coming about through that. Which is which is how a lot of these movies tend to 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 get towards. They usually get to the, like they'll have the inciting incident, but it usually leads to them having to get off the island at some point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're 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 on the island. Um, people have died. A lot of people have died. Um, there's that one death, um, uh, where, which is, it exists in probably the best, most thrilling scene in the movie when the trailer that, uh, Ian Malcolm and his team brought in is being pushed over the side by two T-Rex parents because, um, uh, was it, what's his name? Ludlow or whatever? Well, Ludlow's Hammond's nephew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the hunter guy. Oh, I, Tempo. I, I, Ro- Roland Tempo. Yeah. It's okay. The, the, one of the O's, man. Oh. They're all O's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, he stole a baby T-Rex to, to lure in the mama T-Rex or the dad T-Rex so he can shoot it for his prize. And um, uh, Vince Vaughn saw it and was like, nah, fam. Because mm-hmm. he's like a saboteur because he's an environmentalist and like goes against like the hunter guy a lot apparently. Like hit um, and like we learn that within the movie, and so they're trying to save the baby T Rex by like stitching his leg up and like putting a bandage on him. But of course, the cries call the parents, and we'll quickly learn as we talk about the 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 rest of these movies that when you mess with the babies, the parents are gonna get mad. <laughs> Mommy's very angry. <laughs> Hi, angry mommy. I'm dad. <laughs> That's perfect, actually. <laughs> um, uh, but and so, but yeah. So they knock it over, and then the, the one guy has to like try to save him. Eddie, and he Eddie, who is played by Odin from God of War Ragnarok, Richard Schiff, which is which is so wild to think about. But Eddie like, gets and I'm, so bad in this. He, uh, he gets ripped in half. Mm-hmm. He gets ripped in half by two dinosaurs, by two T Rexes. He didn't do anything. He was trying to save people. He's trying to save his pals. He's trying to save his buddies. He even set up the hidey high thing, whatever the hell it's called, the high high hide, mm-hmm. the high hide. <laughs> he set it up, the high hide, high <laughs> hide. He set that up, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I want to, I want to protect my buddy and his daughter. He's freaking out because all of us are here. His daughter's here now. He's freaking out more, and the T Rexes are coming. This is a madhouse, man. It's a madhouse. <laughs> that Tom Felton delivery. <laughs> I had to go to the Tom Felton rocks. That's the one I'm familiar with. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, poor Eddie. That's that's the saddest death in this whole movie. It is that and the dog. The dog. The dog. The dog that dies in the ending. Um, but basic like basically, you know, eventually they get off the. I mean, there's raptors and stuff. They get off the island and they go to San Diego. They have the baby in San Diego. And idiots, the baby was already taken ahead, and then the T Rex, one of the par- parental uh, T Rexes, escapes the boat, the venture, and like a T Rex gets King Konged. It, it basically it basically becomes King Kong with a happier ending. So like he, go, he runs around, T Rex runs around San Diego, and basically that part of the movie is about them trying to get the T Rex back into the boat, but not before. Not, but that, but well, actually, they get him on the boat. But Ludlow is stuck, and the uh, the get you know Ludlow, uh, you know, it's deserved um, punishment basically at that point. And, the little uh, baby gets to eat. The baby Listen. gets a snack. 
That that baby is a growing baby. It's a growing baby dinosaur. And it needs food. And you know what you call a growing baby dinosaur? Littlefoot. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so, you know, all that, like, this movie, it has a different look than the first Jurassic Park movie. Um, uh, Janusz Kaminski does the cinematographer here, who is Spielberg's guy, has been Spielberg's his, guy. His go-to. His guy, basically. Yeah. Um, like, the last, what, three or four, probably since, what, Minority Report, maybe, or this movie, like, I think, like for the for the vast like majority of Spielberg's like whole career, I feel like at this point, maybe at even least a little since bit before, Schindler's List was like the first time they worked together. Like at least since that point, like this guy has been like the go, like the go to collaborator, and it's it's sort of added to that look. Because I feel like if you look at a lot of Spielberg's movies later on, they have that similar style with that cinematography. And uh, it, it feels like this movie definitely feels very more. It's like it's weird because it feels like um, like not that the first movie does not feel like Spielberg because it very much does. But it feels like because of that common aspect, this feels more Spielberg, but just from like a visual aspect, from a visual standpoint. And it looks really good. And the special effects like look insanely like they look so good like that whole bit at the end when you see all the dinosaurs together on the island like they look really good they do and that was only what four years later that was four when years they made later that one? Mm-hmm. jesus um i also think about the fact that they built two t-rex animatronics um also in the rain again <laughs> like ah! <laughs> can we not can we not rain it well i'm just i need i need the rain for the special i understand but can we have one shot? Can we just digitally put the rain in? Nah, Stan, that's just crazy. That's, that's, <laughs> that's crazy talk. But that's uh, crazy talk. But I mean, there's a lot, like a lot, there's a lot of like fun chase scenes, but also people just being dumb. Like uh, the one guy, ah, there's a snake, and then the <laughs> and then eaten, <laughs> runch, and you see the blood uh, in the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Pretty on hard. that note. Um, cause there's a, I, I think we, we could talk about this now, I think, cause there's that whole conversation of the violence in, especially in like the book versus like the movie. We didn't really talk about that with the first one, right? but I think this movie represents it pretty well in its own. Cause like these movies are violent, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing people get eaten. We're seeing like, we see Eddie get torn in half. Um, and there's a lot of blood, but it's also in the, in a way that, it's framed in because I think also this is at a time after Temple of Doom where Spielberg was like, okay, I think I know how to <laughs> control myself now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I know like people uh, people talk about like the comparison as far as violence. Like people say like, oh, I wish it was more like the book because the books are super violent. And it's like with the movies, they're still really violent, guys. They are. Like like just because you're not physically seeing that's that's the one thing. That, you know, I'll always take suggestion over actually seeing it in many respects. Mm-hmm. I think that's also like, like, like to, to bring up the Scream movies, because we just watched those um, for an episode that's coming out in October. I'm going to keep bringing that up, maybe. So I apologize that's the running if that gag. happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's the running gag. But like, would like those movies are really violent. But would you say that they're visually violent, like, or more suggestively violent from your perspective? Um, 
well, I mean, four is so, sort of feels an anomaly in that sense because that one was just yeah. like, oh my god! Like, but the other they, ones, yeah, the other ones is a lot easier to sit through and watch. But like, it's definitely a lot of like suggestion and also just like basic like mm. ah, because you because you're also feeling because like this like it's it's sound design, it's it's blood on the floor, it's it's the the suggestion of blood it's the suggestion of the violence mm-hmm. and that's what these movies do really well is that you know clearly something violent is happening we're seeing someone scream behind a log being munched by compies but uh and then we see the river uh the flow of water next to it Blue. start to turn red mm-hmm. and it's like do you really need to see more than that? Do you want to see some guy get like like? Do you, I mean, in some context, maybe, but in this one, I I don't know. I don't uh, but also, I, I know people bring up things like Terminator or Alien or RoboCop as like R-rated yeah. things that they've seen as like kids. But I I can bet you, uh, Universal would not want to revisit this thing if it was like an R-rated franchise. Exactly. They would. They would I mean, and I also think too. By that token, most people who are Jurassic Park fans probably would not be jurassic park fans if it yeah th- so they there needed to be a balance i get the desire to want it to be violent on some level but i think yeah. for what you know for what these movies are i think they do a fine enough job in that department and i think even when you're not showing it it's still really effective and there's people who argue that might be still too much because again yeah who's the target yeah audience honestly for, who's the target audience for a dinosaur movie it's children Little foot, little foots, right? <laughs> little feet. Accurate, little accurate, most accurate <laughs> thing you said this whole episode. Oh, okay, fine. You know what? You don't have the guts. <laughs> All right, I'll come back. Ha! <laughs> But basically, <laughs> this is whole section thirty minutes in. <laughs> um, all right, I'm fine. I'm back now. Okay, but I'm not. Like, I'm not happy about it. Find another podcast co-host to put up. Tell me honestly, what do you boys think my career is at right now? It's in the toilet. You hear that, Jerry? You hear that, Gifford? <laughs> you hear that, Giffy? <laughs> but, like, kids are the target audience of this thing. You are you have a toy line for this. You're not making the toy line specifically for adults or teenagers. You're making it for kids. So, there is that ar- that there is that argument. Um, but again, I'm not... Again, I, I'm glad I saw the movie when I, as a child when I did. But I know yeah. other people, I mean, it, it's more of a conversation that they have to have with themselves, you know. Yeah, because it is like, you know, do you want to show a movie where people are eaten by dinosaurs? That's your call. But, you know, again, it's not the movie's fault if your kid's having nightmares. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. Um, Like, when I was a kid, my parents, I mean, my parents just showed me anything because I think they just wanted to watch it and I just happened to be there and they didn't want to have to just go leave the room yeah <laughs> so like like i still i reminisce still about how pulp fiction was a movie i saw when i was five initially mm-hmm. right and that's not a movie a five-year-old should watch no nope. um but like this was a movie that um like with jurassic park i watched when i was little and i remember watching you know the vhs and 
Uh, I loved the like lithograph that was in it. Yes. Like, do you remember mm-hmm. the VHS sleeve? I, I it was that. really really cool. Yes, and it it um like you changed it and it said Jurassic Park. And then you changed it; it was crumbled and it said Lost World. Um, I remember doing that all the time and watching the movie. I also remember like a lot of my VHS is losing the sleeve, so that kind of made me sad. Yeah, that happened to me with Jurassic Park three. Uh, oh, that's a cool one too. Yeah, it's silver and it's got the scratch that's on it. Cool poster. Going back to to the movie, I think visually it's very different. The music is one of my favorite things about this movie. It it's obviously John Williams' legend for one, and the first yes. Jurassic Park score is iconic. But this movie, yes, it uses the Jurassic Park theme, but it also crafts new themes for this movie. Like the Lost World theme is really awesome, and I think incredibly underrated. The music when they go to the long grass. And it, it turns to basically a King Kong score with the drums mm-hmm. and such. Um, incredible. Incredible stuff. Oh, yeah. Did you want to bring up the one kind of really bad thing about this movie? Yes. Let's bring that up. Because um, it's it's unfortunate. I didn't even notice it until you brought it up. And then it got worse the more you thought about it. But, yeah. So... There's a there's a there's a character named what Ajay or AJ? Uh, uh, Ajay, I think Ajay. Yeah, Ajay, mm-hmm. uh, who's like the assistant to um, the hunter guy. He's um, Roland Tembo's um, like right hand man, basically. Yeah, who's not the the other guy? Who's the not Dieter? The Russian, not Dieter. Who's also in a lot of stuff, and I love that actor. On that note, um, I still love in John Wick too. He brings up the pencil thing, but he goes, "What the fucking pencil? <laughs> Who does that?" <laughs> oh man, he's also great as the devil in Constantine. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, uh, it turns out uh, the character is actually a white actor in brownface, mm-hmm. which I, again I didn't. When once you once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's a movie from the 90s. Granted, you know, there were still movies, I'm sure, around that time that were still doing that. Yeah. To a certain extent, but, like... I mean, think about John Rhys-Davies in the Indiana Jones movies. Exactly. That's how, um, you know, so... And it's just so strange that it's, like, it's, like, it's such a weird creative choice to have that in this movie. And then on top of that, if you look at a lot of the other men in that in that team, like, a lot of the other, like, extras... There's like a nice mixture of races. There's there's black people, there's there's uh, Mexican people, there's like all different types of people, but yet for some reason there's still a white guy in brown face. Yeah. And it, it's so like I again, it's it's so strange why they would even do that. Which also m- makes it also stranger as well is obviously this movie is titled The Lost World Jurassic Park. Which is also, mm-hmm. in addition, that's the the book was called The Literary Allusion to the, the Lost World by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, which also has been adapted so many times. That's the the subgenre of like, oh, we discovered this this strange exotic uh, location, right. and the first Lost World movie, it also has like it has brown it has like blackface in that movie, and there's like a missing <sighs> link type of person, and it, it and this movie. It, you don't think about that stuff, like, that kind of stuff. It's one of the few Lost World movies where you don't think about, like, race necessarily no. until you you know, you realize that the actor, um, 
Let me just double check the actor's name again. Uh, Harvey something something. Uh, Harvey Jason. It's it's such a strange thing to see, and especially within that, like the way like like the way everything around him is happening. Like the different types of of actors, the different types of people that are actually on the set the same day. Like there's a whole there's literally a scene where they're all sitting down and relaxing. And uh, it's the scene when Dieter gets eaten by the compies and he's walking away. And you literally see that the the group of people are all... It's a, it's a mixed-race group of people. And yet still, for some reason, you have a white guy in... in and, it's, and it's not even like it's one of those things where... And this, they did this, sadly, too. But like where they would have white actors as extras play non-white characters just to like flat, you know, flesh out the, you know, whatever... He's a prominently shown character. He's a fairly prominent supporting character. He, he even like one of the other famous scenes in the movies when they're going in the long grass. He's like, Don't go into the long grass. And he does an accent when he when when it's it's so strange that it's there, but it's there. It's yeah. it's right and it's literally put in front of your face. He gets a close up. That is terrible and it's just like one of those things where I'm like why <laughs> Why? Yeah. What? Where's the? What? What was the outcome? Like, come on, guys! My my, my ice cream is melting. Not that that's relevant, but it's just sad now. I think that this movie. I mean, you get to introduce more dinosaurs. You get the Pachycephalosaurus. You have the Stegosaurus, which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy that you don't really get that in the first movie. We mentioned the T Rex and their babies. Um, we get uh, the Parasaurolophus, uh, Elvis, as they you know, mm-hmm. the Papador. Pompadour, and I love it when they, they call the Pachycephalosaurus as the uh, Friar Tuck. But of course, the most important thing to learn from this whole movie is that every dinosaur is Littlefoot. <laughs> I'd also like to take this time to mention <laughs> the, the the tiger print, uh, the tiger striped uh, raptors, aka Littlefoot. Anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> the best part is the. This, the, I could see the severe annoyance. Too. <laughs> not that, not that I, 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 admittedly, I take things too far, so I apologize. But I could see it coming, and I'm sorry. Anyway, um... <laughs> the transitions just make it funnier. I'm sorry. It's 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 fair. It's what it is. Um, <laughs> but it's also, it, I think, I think this is one of those movies where. It's not the first one. Like the first one, I think the the cast was a like the cast in this is good, but like it's hard to like match up to the original film. I think in any stretch of the imagination, but I think no. what this movie is, I don't think it's a it's not a copy of the first one in my opinion, and no. I, I think it's one of the more unique sequels out there because of that. I like the some like some of the I think Ludlow is a great villain. Like he's one of the f- few like out and out villains that we have in these movies honestly. Mm-hmm. And I also say like, obviously again, Roland Tembo is a great character. I just, I love the look of this movie, the music, the aesthetics are great. I think it's one of those movies where like I said in my review, it's another day in the office for Steven, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he's really good at, at making these kinds of movies. It, my, my question I have for you specifically is so obviously I think for both of us, we, we, again, we're, we're Jurassic park franchise fans. It, I think we can both admit that. Um, but of, but obviously of this, like the sequels are movies that, you know, people always say like, oh, why do we even have sequels? That first one's perfect. And the, that first one even advocates for there being no sequels, period. But 
at the same time, they're still going to do it because they're gonna, you know it's a franchise. But would you say, for, at least for you personally, this particular entry is one you've defended the most? Because I feel, because at least from my perspective, I feel like because I know, especially with that third one, you have feelings. <laughs> the third one, I have a very nostalgic connection for, but I won't try to like defend it, right? Because but be with this good. one, this one's a legitimately good movie in my book. Honestly, yeah. Like I don't, I don't think of it as a bad movie. It's just again, like. Okay, like think about like, like, Star- so like sorry, I'm sorry. You keep like, going. You, you think about like you like Star- like about like Return of the Jedi. Return yeah. of the Jedi is by no means is a bad movie. By no means, it's not Episode Four and Episode Five. No, and that's not a sin. That's just that's the reality of it, you know. And yeah. I think that's that that's what you run into with a franchise that has beloved installments, especially a very beloved first installment and your first crack at a sequel. Even like oh, I think part of the other thing too is like you have Steven Spielberg coming back, so you think oh boy, this is gonna be whoopee, you know, whatever. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, looking at it, I'm like it's part of the franchise. I think it's a logical play, a logical enough place to take the story. If you're just gonna be like oh, another island, whatever, right? Mm. But but this is the one for sure that you're probably more willing to just be like, I like this one. The only other one that I'm like. I will vehemently like defend is a movie we're not going to get to till next week. And I so, know you and I are on the same page with that one, but, mm-hmm. uh, but cause, any... cause, and I think, I think this, I think this movie is worth defending. I think this movie has its merits. I understand. And I agree to an extent, um, the, the notion of, from a narrative standpoint, from a, th- from, from a, you know, whatever standpoint, that, yeah, it makes no sense to have the sequels, but you know what? If they're fun and there's dinosaurs and you know the the effects are cool and there isn't entirely just terrible things happening, and as and I think this is something not that we haven't known this before, but there's something that is especially inha- uh, apparent with uh, movies like this. Like people talk about how dumb people appear in, in movies like this. That's just reality. Yeah, <laughs> like, like people are dumb like yes. i think listen one of my favorite things about that first movie and i i didn't bring it up but is that you know you have science scientist characters that are treated like a people but also be the smart ones whereas in a lot of other situations i feel like the scientists are treated as the curious ones which they are but not to a dangerous extent you know mm-hmm. you have scientists that are coming to these other scientists who are being the curious ones and saying you are stupid yeah. stop doing it I love, like, I love the line when um, Ian Malcolm says to John Hammond, you know, you you did the research, but then uh, you patented it, you packaged it, you put it on a lunchbox, you essentially learned that you could do it, but you didn't think of you should do it. Mm-hmm. And I use that in my everyday life. Because, <laughs> like, there's things you, you, you could be, you could do anything, but should you do everything is a massive question. Like it's the the ethical aspect of it all, um, and most people will say yes because most people are stupid inherently. Um, I I can attest to that for myself. I've I'm stupid. <laughs> I make bad choices sometimes, and I don't. I, I I admit it, but it's 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 just my human nature, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I think I think these movies accurately show that. It's, I think they it, do. You, like. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to see people just keep making mistakes, but it's not like it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. 
it's i think that's why i'm okay with horror movies because you know again people are like why is that person opening the door why would you do that well for me personally when i'm scared i'm not thinking a (laughs) right Uh, because i'm scared shitless and my brain's immediately like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck Mm -hmm. i'm gonna die i'm gonna die but I also want to know where the thing is so that I know what to... It's it's like that weird instinct, like, you find a bug in your room and you want to know where the bug is so that the bug will get... Like, like the spider situation that Joey dealt with. Like, these things make sense, is all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying it makes sense to me. Right. And they're fun. Yeah. I think this is a movie... <laughs> like, when I was younger, like, as, like, a teenager, early into college, I, I gave this movie a bad rap because, like... A, the first one's, like, a perfect movie, and then the third one was, like, the one first one I saw in theaters. But, like, mm-hmm. as time has gone on, I'm like, this is a really solid movie. And I think it's also, I think, again, like, when people talk about, like, the greatest filmmakers of all time and stuff, I also, it's not, I don't, yes, I think it's important to see, like, their great works, but I also want to see stuff where it's just, like, another day. This is another movie that they're making. And it's, like, the level, oh, yeah. the level of craft that goes, like... If, as I say to you with certain movies, and you're probably very tired of me hearing me say this, if almost any other filmmaker in Hollywood made this movie, it would be their best movie ever. But I say that too. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, I 100% agree with that. Because, like, I think think filmmakers are as, like, with filmmakers, their best movies are at, like, their worst movies are as important as their best movies. Yeah, you'll be more likely to watch that first Jurassic Park, but, you know, every now and then you want to watch that second one, you know? And I think you get a better picture of who a filmmaker is based on their good movies as well as their bad movies, you know? And I always take, like, listen, a great director that makes bad movie, I'll always watch that over, like, just a bad movie, (laughs) apparently, you know? Like, Like, I'll watch, I don't know, um... Like Dead Silence, mm-hmm. more because I because I love James Wan. I'll probably watch that just to see all the fun visuals and how much fun he has with like the camera tricks, right? And stuff. It's not a good movie, admittedly, but it's you can see like the early stages of him as a filmmaker, or like I'm listen. I know uh, Wes Craven Swamp Thing movie doesn't have a good reputation, but I'm so excited to get that 4K when it comes out. <laughs> I am like, oh yeah, <laughs> and that's just me, right? You know, that's us. Like, like for you know, we we I think filmmakers' whole works, if for people that we admire and love, should be celebrated. Absolutely, Th- doesn't mean we have to love every movie they make, but the fact that they make bad movies, I think, makes us feel good because it's like, oh, they're human, they're people. They're human, but I also think you can also zero in on what on on their style too. Exactly, and, and things that um, you know, th- like, like attributes about them. Again, I think about Hitchcock's The Birds, and mm-hmm. it's like not his best movie, but it's extremely, it's extremely tense, extremely well made. You know, for like a quote unquote like what would from other people would be like a B movie. You know, right? Or I and think of like sh- like Shutter Island. About, mm-hmm. about Martin Scorsese's movies. Like, Martin Scorsese, dude has made some of the best movies ever. Like, there's a reason why he's sort of categorized as, like, the top-tier greatest filmmaker. But I also love, like, during his, like, De Niro era and his DiCaprio era that he decided at one point, you know what? I'm just going to make a straight-up weird thriller 
one of them where uh uh <laughs> robert de niro plays a a really ripped dude who's stalking nick nolte and being weird <laughs> and then the other one is just uh leonardo dicaprio being crazy <laughs> yes like I, I I just have I I have fun with those movies. So it's like, listen, a bad I, and this is I think important too. Especially, um, the worst work of filmmakers shouldn't be the defining work for them, but it should be an important work people look at. Yeah, like I look at not to keep adding examples, but like Craig Mazin, who co-created The Last of Us show and did Chernobyl for HBO. You know. Last of Us, incredible show. Chernobyl, I haven't seen it, but I've heard is depressing as hell, but amazing as hell as well. Yeah. But you also look at his filmography, you'll see like superhero movie and a lot of those parody movies that are, aren't the best. Um, but he made those movies, and yet he came out of the he came out of left field and made these two epic limited series for HBO. And you're like, holy shit! Okay, all right. So again. Don't write someone off immediately just because you know, they make something that you don't like. Absolutely. And I think on that note, we're going to take a brief intermission. And when we come back, we are going to return to Isla Sorna. Oh, no! Now we're the dumb people! <laughs> Listen, we have to prove to people it exists. Those Chris Pratt movies ignored them for too long. Isla Sorna is real! Listen, folks, we are back. An Isla Sorna story. <laughs> Stay tuned. On Isla Sorna. <laughs> we haven't left, actually. We're still we're still on Isla Sorna. It's very hot Help! here. It's very humid. Help! <laughs> <laughs> the river! Save me! <laughs> to quote um, uh, an iconic character from a truly an iconic movie from the 90s. We need your help! <laughs> you are a sad, strange little man. Hi, sad, strange little man. I'm dead. <laughs> you like the Jurassic Park sequels? You have my pity. Farewell. <laughs> yeah, well, good minutes, you loony. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Right. I also, just for this segment, I also want to introduce myself again. Hello, I am Dude One, the dinosaur man. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Alan. Alan. <laughs> Due to Alan. Due to Alan. He used to know me. That's Joey every day when he when he talks to me. <laughs> Richard, my name is Joey. My name is Joey. And he's holding a cracker. <laughs> Richard. Man, I'm just I going. I bought the wrong brand of cracker. Richard's a picky bitch. This is actually a fact. That's not a joke. <laughs> As you said in in between, I'm just being accurate. I'm just being me. <laughs> All right. No so, one else could do it. 
So Lost World made didn't make as much as the first one. Made a lot of money though, over six hundred million dollars worldwide. It was the second highest grossing movie of its year. You know what the first highest was? James Cameron's Titanic. Um, da, 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 da. So you know the movie that was scared uh, of Scream Two. It was scared of Scream Two, and then it scared off dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> Dinosaurs right ahead! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, this movie, it did very well, but Steven Spielberg was like, dude, making these movies is so hard. I can't do this. I'm good. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do other things. Uh, uh, Joe Johnston, you want to make a Jurassic Park movie? Like, Joe Johnston was like, I want to make one. Like, like, listen, he, like, I think he's gone on record saying, like, I, I, I'm dying to make yes. it because because didn't he go to spielberg specifically and say if you do a third one can i direct it that's what he said but also this movie is interesting because this it was a production nightmare there were several drafts there were writing <sighs> things we're not going to get into fully into it uh but it was a disaster this production yes uh and yet it is arguably the most <laughs> maybe not even arguably it is the most beloved movie of 2000 2001 for me Listen, before we continue, and I know I've had this halt, I've had to halt things, but I've been telling Joey before we record this entire time to be honest with himself of his love for Jurassic Park 3. And that right there, folks, is progress. He, he, he was full on just going, it is the best movie I saw that year. I love it dearly. Yeah. And I'm like, Joey, who cares about it? Who cares about it? It's better than Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Don't at me. <laughs> oh no, Joey! The Harry Potter fans are gonna come after you. Joe, Joe Johnson. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, Harry Potter fans, you're lucky to if you were able to get the of Joe Johnson. Get him, Joey. He is honestly. I think other than Guillermo del Toro, I think as a director, he is up there as like a two dudes Hall of Famer director it's funny like i i said i'm pretty sure i said this in the episode that we did specifically on him like you don't realize especially for like 90s kids for like us you don't realize how important of a filmmaker he was do you realize he directed a lot of movies that like i grew i know i grew up with like yeah honey i shrunk the kids what it makes sense when you think about it obviously but it's like i didn't even think of that i love that movie growing up it's got ants they're huge anti or whatever his name was. Is it Anti? I don't remember. I don't remember either. That's bad on me. But either way, um, it's a fun movie. Jumanji. Jumanji. The first one with Robin Williams. My favorite Joe Johnson directed film starring a guy named Alan. <laughs> or his name an is actor. Alan. <laughs> his Alan. name is Alan. <laughs> Alan. What year is it? <laughs> Uh, see, that's what I, I wanted Eric in his survival gear to look at Alan Grant going, what year is it? <laughs> no, yes. no. What year is it? <laughs> it's okay. It's just a copy. Don't have to worry about it. We're safe in here. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> My dad used to make shoes. <laughs> but no, actually, his dad makes paint and tile plus bathroom fixtures <laughs> oh man no jumanji's amazing also on that note and i'm excited when we get to that one um because i think 
we've we've been planning a Robin Williams episode for a long time. We, Hopefully, we'll, yeah, we, we got have. we got to get to that one eventually, but we will mm-hmm. for sure. We will. Um, we will. Um, but Joe Johnston, he's a pretty reliable. He's a reliable studio guy. Like I think about like yeah. I you know I was listening to um a commentary track about um the man they could not hang, uh, and like they were talking about like the invisible like the studio director. They're efficient. They're they're gener- they're pretty reliable, you know, um, but I think also think Joe Johnston in this case this was a disastrous production, like as far as like trying to figure out what the story is going to be about them changing the story, it's also the most expensive Jurassic Park movie. The first one I think was like sixty something million dollars. Mm-hmm. The second one was seventy three million dollars. This one was ninety something million dollars. <sighs> And, um, which is kind of, cause it, it definitely feels in certain respects, there's a, a lot of great things we're going to talk about. We're going to do a heap, a lot of praise, but there's areas oh. where I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh boy. Um, you know what? I, I think the most surprising thing I remember, cause I remember seeing this in theaters and they, they played the Spider-Man teaser trailer with the twin towers at the time, which was a wild thing to think about, especially, um, pre this is a pre 911 movie folks mhm and so it was strange cuz like i was i just remember being excited like oh another Jurassic Park movie cuz I, I i we were talking about this with Lost World like i re- i pretty sure i saw that one in theaters i just don't remember it so well mm-hmm. but i i like just based on when it came out and how old it was i had to have seen it in theaters right. this one i remember seeing in theaters and i remember walking out of the theater going that was a lot shorter than i expected like i felt like it was in and out Right, you know, like it starts. They introduce the characters. They introduce the dinosaur, the big dinosaur, the Spinosaurus. They introduce the characters. All the three like mercenary dudes die, and <laughs> they save the kid. The military shows up. Boom! Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. You're you're gone. You know, let's move on to the next thing. And it was just kind of like, did I? Did that happen? Did I? What? <laughs> huh? Like I, I I was surprised I that. How long was that? Thirty minutes. <laughs> so, uh, it's it's, the sh- it's ninety-two minutes according to Wikipedia. Which, that is the shortest Jurassic Park, isn't it? Because all of them are about two hours. <laughs> yeah, they're usually at least two hours plus. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for what they were able to do, it's it's still a fun movie. It is a fun like it is a fun monster movie. Yeah, I think. It's it's not like the other ones where like the first the first ones obviously you know there's obviously a lot of scary scenes but there's also a lot of like awe and wonder and appreciating these th- these creatures as animals and the second one has like a, a sort of a conservation message of leaving these things alone yeah. kind of thing let them live this movie is like this island is terrible why did you kidnap me to go on this island and dinosaurs are here to kill us, and there's maybe like two seconds of ooh. <laughs> like there's one moment where the sun shines, and they're like, oh, oh, very nice. And then there's poop, <laughs> and then there's a dinosaur, and he smells it, and he goes away. <laughs> yep. And I'm sure I'm 100% certain that that scene was used by many people to explain their feelings on this movie. Like I'm that dinosaur because I smelled this shit and I walked out. <laughs> Richard and I were not those. We're not that no, we, we stayed. We were like, oh. 
Is that pineapple? Did you have some fruit? (laughs) If if I was if uh, like if I knew the phrase Kino at like seven eight years old, this Jurassic Park three, as made by Joe Johnston, is Kino. It is this this of cinema. Listen. The fact that this film is preserved the way it is is phenomenal so that more generations could experience it for themselves and understand the wonder of such moments as learning that his business is actually bathroom fixtures or the scene in which we realize, no, Dr. Grant has not been on Isla Sorna. Cinema. And Mr. Noodle's there too. (laughs) You mean there's two islands with dinosaurs on them? (laughs) (laughs) um michael jeter um michael jeter is uh udesky two future two dudes hall of famer future two dudes hall of famer the bad guy and air bud (laughs) and the mouse guy from green mile mr noodle (laughs) um so anyway uh this movie is like it's also makes you think of like a spielberg movie too because there's like okay there's divorced parents because their son, uh, their son went on uh, what was so, sort of like parasailing, like yeah, uh, gli- yeah. parasailing um, around uh, around Isla Sorna with his, I guess, stepdad basically, or his mom's boyfriend at least. Yeah, it's I think it was the mom's boyfriend the way because I don't think they ever said I that they got it, no right. I don't think she got what's, right. okay. what's funny though is they were doing what Doctor Grant thought he was doing. Yeah, because the whole thing was that they were just going to circle around the island and see if they can see any dinosaurs. But little did they know that, listen, there's some dinos that can swim <laughs> and you get a little close to the rocks, man. Mm-hmm. Stuff get eaten as in people, as in the guy driving the boat gets eaten. And so now they're stuck. And uh, then uh, we're reintroduced to Alan Grant. The, the man, the myth, the legend. And we get one of the saddest fake-outs ever because he's at a house. He's playing with a kid. Here comes Ellie holding a baby. And you're like, he likes kids now. They're married. Oh, this is happy. And guess what? Guess, guess what? Mark. Mark is there. And you know what? Mark seems like a nice guy. <laughs> Maybe Mark's also closer in age to Ellie, too. <laughs> Probably. Like, I remember being disappointed that as a kid, but as a kid, I didn't put two... I didn't, the I age like, gap? I didn't put that together. I'm like, oh, yeah, men just look old inherently. <laughs> but you know what? In in Dominion, they got divorced or whatever, and so Ellie's single. I don't, it's a whole thing. Co- Colin Trevorrow, I imagine, was in the theater going... I will redeem this someday. I will fix Mark, this. Mark, my that's God like, that's, damn that's the only That's the only thing he cared about in the whole franchise. He didn't care about the dinosaurs. He didn't care about anything. He's just like, I will fix this. <laughs> he only took, he only took the, the episode nine job so that way he could abandon it and go to <laughs> Jurassic World 3. Exactly. <clears throat> this is just a... a <laughs> we know what happened. <laughs> no, we, we don't. Um, no, uh, but yeah, poor, 
poor uh poor, the Alan, relationship didn't happen so Alan Grant's still doing digs he he goes goes to talks and stuff but people are aren't really interested in his paleontological opinion is paleontology and paleontology his opinions on that they're more interested in the the, the spicy stuff jurassic park Ooh. tell us about the dinosaurs and then there's one guy going tell us about san diego <laughs> actually there's probably more than really like 12 people <laughs> let's be honest because right just because you're associated with one thing and then more things happen similarly to that one thing, you will always be associated with everything. So clearly, like, you're you're involved with one terrible tragedy and then every other one that's like it, everyone's like, you were there, right? What do, what do you think about this? What do you what know? Is your, what are your thoughts? What, hey! Like, you're just smoking a cigarette. Hey! Like, it's like that one guy in Lost World that's going, hey, you're the, I saw you on the news. <laughs> I believed you. Rawr! And then I love when he's just chewing gum and he just goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but like you know, I also this is one of the lines I like too because you know people get really caught up in like the accuracy of the Jurassic Park movies as far as dinosaurs are concerned. You were bringing this up actually when we were watching it, yes, right. And I and I listen if you're a paleontologist and this is like your passion, you, I I I can understand you wanting to be passionate about these things, but to quote Doctor Grant. These are genetic theme park monsters, and this movie really exemplifies that. This is a monster movie, okay? A lot of the color printing of the of the of the dinosaurs in this movie is not as naturalistic as the previous movies. Like nope. this, I, I was saying this to on somebody on Letterbox. I'm like, the Spinosaurus has like a color print that looks like a Kenner Toys like '90s like figure. It's got like these blues and like light blues and purples and reds. It's it's, it's kind of wild. And then the raptors got like a little frilly feather things. Listen, I'm going to say this. This is going to be controversial for you. So I apologize. But if Joe Johnston was directing Congo, we would have gotten colorful apes. Mm, I'm fair. sorry. I would have liked colorful apes. <laughs> true. It would have been like the action figures. Exactly. That would have been nice. <laughs> but like the spinosaur going to the kicks. dinosaur the dinosaur <laughs> oh my gosh I'm sorry <laughs> my goodness <laughs> I was searching all my life <laughs> can you imagine Tim Curry in a Jurassic Park movie see I want Ernie Hudson I run <laughs> guns you sons of bitches ruin the world <laughs> and then and then the raptor vocalizations tickle me <laughs> Tickle me. This raptor's talking. What? <laughs> but basically, like, the main, the core dinosaur, the core really big dinosaurs in this movie, like, the Spinosaurus is really the antagonist yes. of the piece. That's okay. But, like, that, because, like, I mentioned earlier that a lot of these dinosaurs don't feel like monsters. That's the first one that did. Yes. Like, like, legitimate, yes. not to animals, but a monster. It is a movie monster, which is why it's my favorite. I love, I love, like, movie monsters. They're fun. It's great. It's fun. I wish he appeared again in the movies. Instead, Colin Trevorrow was like, I don't like it, and smashed up the skeleton, basically. Exactly. So, you know, like, literally, like, it it, 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 it fucking annihilates that T-Rex. It's, it's fucking snaps its neck. <laughs> I, I, the thing I love about that scene is the sound design. Like, yeah. like the echo of the roars... And then, like, the head buds. But then I love the bit when the tail goat starts going, like, whoosh, and you hear the whooshing. The whoosh, whoosh, 
Like, I used to watch that scene on repeat as a kid. Yeah. Like, just, like, it was, like, it's sad that the T-Rex died, but listen, this is Joe Johnson making a statement. Like, this, and you know what? You know, listen, Colin Trevorrow is not better than Joe Johnston, first of all. Second of all, he did the exact same goddamn thing that Joe Johnston did. Because Joe Johnston's like, oh, the icon of this monster movie franchise my monster's gonna kill him and make a statement. What does Colin Trevorrow do in Jurassic freaking world? There's a great white shark. <laughs> and it gets eaten by a dinosaur. And what, Fran- not that it's Jurassic Park, but Steven Spielberg made Jaws. And this is a new franchise of monsters. So don't think you're better. Don't, don't think you're doing something clever, Mr. Chavara. Every classic has its copy, guys. That's what we're trying to say here. Yeah, and don't think you're just original. We, you, yeah. it's, Sorry. This is getting accepted. <laughs> so, but the Spinosaurus... We'll get to world later. <laughs> the Spinosaurus is, is really terrifying. The plane sequel... Like, when they're trying to get out of the plane... And the fact, dude, this thing takes a fucking hit from a plane and is still able to function. Like, what the fuck? It's just, it's huge. I love the puppet of it because it, it's got the big old snout and it's just like. The Stan Winston. Stan Winston was proud of that one. And I remember him talking about it in like the rain, the sequence at the end with the, with the boat. That That is legitimately probably my favorite sequence as far as like the monster like i love the the plane sequence but i think that one because it just feels like insane like so much is happening and the spinosaurus feels even more monstrous because it's raining it's thundering it's like it's an epic crazy scene yeah oh it's so good and the little fin when you see not little but you see the fin yes yes that is really cool um, I also, I mean, as far as like scenes go, like the big thing in this is the Pteranodon. Mm. Now it showed up at the end of Lost World briefly and it was supposed, there was supposed to be an extended sequence in Lost World using the Pteranodons as they're trying to get out of Isla Sorna. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. They ended up doing the San Diego thing. And, um, in this one, they become a prominent player because Pteranodons are not dinosaurs, but... They're still dinosaur adjacent, so you're like, okay, where have these guys been? And that birdcage scene, that is such some great atmosphere. The set design of, like, this rundown, rusty poop. The poop is, like, crusted over. (laughs) The crusty poop. (laughs) The crusty poop. We talk about, like, combination of, like, effects. Like, the digital um, pteranodons look great still. Yeah. I think I love the size of them too because I think about in Jurassic World they look like little puny like <laughs> like like, <laughs> like Petrie. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Who's got little feet? Yes. <laughs> so therefore, <laughs> logically, he's a little foot. You can just shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, the listen, I'll, I'll okay. I should say this only because I want to say something that's <laughs> I don't want to, but I want to say something that's arguably worse <laughs> than that. When I was when I was younger and I watched this movie all the time, I did not care for the birdcage scene. 
<laughs> that is some bullshit. <laughs> I've admittedly I was sort of afraid to mention it, but it's the truth. Um, okay. I think it's just it just didn't like because I guess I was just so because it was Jurassic Park three turned into one of those movies where I would wear the VHS tape out because I'd be watching the same moments over and over again. And then when I got the DVD, yeah. I'd be doing the same thing. So I'd be watching the T-Rex and the Spinosaurus fight. I'd be watching uh, the scene at the the compound with the raptor. I'd be watching yeah. the end scene when they're in the when they're on the boat and the Spinosaurus comes out. And then the 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 pterodon scene in in the cage. It just it just you know it's one of those. I guess it was just the scene in the movie that I checked out on. But right. But as I've gotten older and I've watched the movie again, I've enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just it's it's I think the strangest thing about it though is that it's it's I watch the movie and I have all these memories, but then I get to that one scene and because I just didn't watch that scene a lot, I feel like every time I watch it it's brand new. Right. You know, it's it's such a weird thing cuz it's like I remember like as a kid with my VHS watching the 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 pterodactyl not pterodactyl the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Spinosaurus fighting and I had my Bionicles cuz listen Bionicles are awesome. Yeah. And like you know I would just have them and I'd be playing with them while that scene was going on and then the rest of the movie would play and I'd just be focused on my Bionicles. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'd look back up, and then the Spinosaurus was in the water, and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That That's, that, you know. So. It's like, listen. I was a kid. Kids are dumb. <laughs> no, it's just, your tastes are not refined. As you get older, you understand. The bird kids. <laughs> you know, it's weird that Robin Williams and Nathan Lane Let's listen, in a that is party. the biggest surprise. I'm like, where are they? <laughs> Where is the scene where Gene Hackman's being tricked that this dude's parents are not gay? Where is that scene? <laughs> I'm watching this whole movie. I'm seeing this Billy guy parasailing, trying to save some little boy who in another movie was a genius pretending to be stupid. <laughs> and yet, I want to see Gene Hackman being tricked <laughs> into thinking that Robin Williams and Nathan Lane aren't gay. Where is it? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> that's the most passionate I've gotten this whole time. I think. But I, I always really loved like the like the bird like the um the pteranodon baby puppets too. Those are cool. Those are again. That's one of those things. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just sniffling. Uh, okay. Um. I got. T- I, I was gonna say I have a tissue. It's not gonna do anything. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. I didn't have any tissues in here. But anyway. But I again. I think it's that. I think the framing I love in the birdcage scene. I love um, the scene when he's on the bridge. When Eric's on the bridge. Yeah. And yeah. you hear that. And then Alan Grant realizes we're in a birdcage. And then you just see the pterodon like crawling at him. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's like, I will say it was funny watching that scene. And then um, the mom's like, all right, I'm going to be gone for a little bit. And then the, the kid being kind of like, it's a little bit of a dick move, I think. The kid's like, mom, I've been on an island with dinosaurs for eight weeks by myself. I think I'll be fine. Huh. And then, of course, immediately he gets scooped. <laughs> Karma. <laughs> it, it, again, like we talked about the Kirby's. Mm. Uh, you know, William H. Macy <laughs> William H. has Macy. a lot of fun <laughs> moments in this. I love, he goes, I'm in! 
stand up. Well, he the dinosaur roars. Go, go I was, back to the plane. When you mentioned William H Macy, that's the first thing that popped in my head. I also love uh, when they have to knock out Alan Grant, and he goes, "Ooh!" <laughs> or, or I love the cut after um, the Spinosaurus kills the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and you just hear a punch, and it's just him falling backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no! Stop! Just stop, please. <laughs> Uh, it's amazing. It's so good. It's amazing. And then Billy, your thing was, you're, you're like, Billy is so selfish. No, he is, though. <laughs> he redeems himself. He he, commit, he does redeem He himself. commits a selfless act, and he saves Eric. So I can't deny that. But it was funny, because there's a, there's a bit in the movie where, you know, because he is like, a, is like a protege of Alan's or something. Or he's like, like, like yeah. a top student of his or something like that. And when we first meet him... Um, uh, one of the other paleontologists is, you know, I, I'm assuming new to the field. Maybe it's her first dig or whatever. And she's yeah. trying to figure out the difference between a fossil and a rock. And so he's like, well, technically it's all rock, but you can feel the difference. And so he just grabs her hand, which you shouldn't do. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. listen, and I, and because he like starts going rough, smooth, rough, smooth. And I go, this seems like an indication of what's to happen later, because clearly this kid, this guy's got has got some selfish intent because like he only did that because he he's finds this woman attractive, which is it's, it's it's listen, you can find her attractive, but it's inappropriate the workplace. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. And then of course I'm like, well, it makes sense because later on he steals the raptor eggs because he wants money. He wants booty and he wants booty. I'm just saying. <laughs> It all adds up. Um, but, like, Billy Billy as a character, I think, is sort of... what I, You know what's interesting about Billy as a character? Billy, What's interesting about Billy as a character is that he sort of, like, even though he is presented as sort of, like, on the side of Alan Grant, because obviously he's his protege, he studied under him, but he feels more like the kind of scientists from the first movie that are making things. Mm-hmm. Because, again, he's like, should I steal the raptor eggs? No, but maybe I can make some money. Maybe I can expand the re like again, he has as he said, he has best intentions. But as Alan Grant responds, some of the worst things ever were done with the best of intentions. And so uh, that was like a real like this listen, I've had I've had teachers in my life that I've looked up to, like cause listen, there's teacher like some of the best teachers are also some of the best people that just encourage like you to move forward and do great things and they, they see something in you and stuff and nothing is more disappointing than when a teacher is disappointed in you especially one you admire yeah. and that sucks oh it's so Ugh. yeah i like i remember when i was a kid i don't i don't want to bring this up but uh, not that it needs to be brought up but like i remember when i was a kid <laughs> and um and one of the uh, i had this one english teacher who uh, i admired so much and i still do um and uh he was getting audited essentially like like one of the not I, one of the other like people were coming in to watch his class observe yes thank you and audited <laughs> <laughs> um and so you know he comes in and i'm not thinking i'm a teenager i'm stupid i say i say i just say hi to him but i say sup and like a cool like sup in that kind of way but it's it seems inappropriate and so i felt so bad the rest of the day because clearly i didn't realize oh shit 
this is like the class where you know he's really you know yeah he's trying to you know put on a good put on a good thing so that he can be like hey you know we're not that he doesn't have to but or not that he has to i mean but um i felt so bad that during like my off time i went into the class and i i said i am so sorry if i if i did anything wrong i and he's like no you're it's fine you know it's and so he and then he of course explained to me the situation and what it was because again i didn't know i'm a stupid right. teenager and mm-hmm. like i still think about that to this day <laughs> so so when i see a scene like that in this movie i immediately think of uh like billy has to be devastated like because billy clearly has such a fond view of alan and yet like billy has his own feelings and desires and so, yeah, like, like, and Alan brings it up too that Billy, all he wants to do is see the real thing. And even though he doesn't understand that it's not the real thing, maybe necessarily, because he's young and he's, you know, he's still figuring things out. At the same time, you know, he, he's, he's still young. He's, he's making moves that just aren't necessarily good. It's, it's such a, I feel so bad. Yeah. When I think about stuff like that and. You know, I'm glad Billy was able to redeem himself. And he almost made me think of Nedry in that sense, too, where he's like, he's taking these things, but his thing is viewed as, oh, I'm doing this for, you know, for this, for this um, organization, for the digs, to fund the digs, you know. Right. And yet it's like, it just feels strange. The Velociraptors in this movie, perhaps the most distinct look that they've had. They got. Particularly with the male little frill feathers uh on the top of their heads for the male ones um, and they communicate and i always like they actually like they communicate mm-hmm, they vocalize and they, they have which we talked about this the movie prop i would want to have is the raptor vocal cha- vocal chamber yeah oh my listen to anyone that's actually made one of those give us get hook us up cook us up we'll pay we'll pay Send for us it a link. we'll pay for it obviously you know, again I'll give you a shout out we will not steal from an artist but we will pay for no. it. So yes. if you got something, let us know. But it was like, I love that design so much. And again, like that, the color scheme on that made me think of like a really like nineties, like action figure where it's like painted, like, Ooh, it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of thing. And I have, I have the, the Jurassic world, like legacy figures or whatever. I have the Raptors from like the first on your shelf. Movies. Yeah. On my shelf, so I got the first one, the first movie. I got the tiger, tiger uh, print one from Lost World, and then JP three, the male, and uh, the male raptor. And listen, I'm only gonna ask this because I know if anyone else listens to this, they're gonna ask it too. So I'm just gonna give you a moment to answer. Where's blue? Why don't you have blue? Blue's too expensive, and I didn't buy blue, (laughs) at least from that particular line. Although I have a Lego of blue, so that's my substitute. There you go. So that, that's it. So that's answered. That <laughs> that covers that. that mystery is solved. But I do want to talk about with this movie a few things. Uh, this came out in two thousand one, um, as we noted yes. before, and this came out the year I moved. So I have distinct memories of like, you know, it was like my last, probably around my last birthday that I was at my my old house, mm-hmm. and I remember like sneaking around and seeing presents that I wasn't supposed to see yet. <laughs> Were Jurassic Park three things, which I still have a few. Joey, of I'm gonna tell your mom that you just told this, and, she <laughs> and she's okay with it. <laughs> no, 
know, it's just like whatever. It's what it is. But I met. But all the other thing with too with this franchise because again, it's such a beloved thing for me. I remember as a kid hanging out with my uncle, and this was before I saw Jurassic Park. But he would explain to me the whole movie, and it would sound like the coolest shit. And then we, it was one of the things we always used to say to each other. He's like, I, he used to be like, "How'd you do this?" And I go, "Well, eight, like seven, eight year old me, I'll show you." <laughs> like, it's just like, "How'd you do?" And it? is definitely. I'll show you. And then I remember that was the first Jurassic Park 3 was the first one I saw in theaters. And I saw it with my uncle and I was like covering my eyes, but I was, I loved every minute of it. And it was like, it was also, I think a big movie for me because it was like the closest thing I'd seen like a horror movie Mm -hmm. in a theater up to that point. So I think it was, um, a definitely a formative experience. So Jurassic world world, Jurassic Park 3 for you was in many ways similar to like how Scream 3 or like Sleepy Hollow was for me for like when it comes to like monster or horror movies. Yeah, I would say so. Because I would credit those movies as like shaping me as a horror fan um, or like at least starting it off. Um, mm-hmm. I just like, that's. I think that's the biggest thing we talk about. I mean, obviously we've covered so much of that, but like I think the biggest thing about this particular movie is the nostalgic connection that it has like in so many ways this movie is in in the same class as like van helsing for joey especially like me too but joey especially like like this movie is quoted endlessly kirby paint and tile plus the the jingle uh freaking cooper is like your favorite character even though he's in the movie for like two seconds that's cooper <laughs> stop <laughs> No, I thought I was going to keep it to myself. <laughs> uh, you know, Mr. Noodle being in it, being a big thing. Like, like that's, I think, the most empower- That's the most important thing that this movie has, is that it has a lasting, nostalgic love for a particular New Jersey kid that I'm talking to right now. And so, yeah. uh, I also just want to say, like, to Joe Johnston and the whole team that made this movie... I know it was probably a nightmare trying to make this thing, but thank you for making this thing. Honestly, uh, it was definitely uh, <laughs> an important movie for 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 me at that stage of my life after my dad passed and all this other stuff. So um, it's a big one. Yeah, it's it's a big one, honestly. And like, listen, Jurassic Park three is like it is. I watch it at least once a year. It's one of those movies where I'm like. I have to watch it. I love it. It's like that's Cooper or or the like everything in this movie can be made into a meme. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. This movie, yeah, is, is, I don't I'll see how you feel. Um, this movie for Joey is Rocky Horror Picture Show. I guess so. Like, yeah. like you know, I think of like how people watch that movie, or even like The Room. You know, like. The, the 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 endlessly quotable lines the, the like the the spoon throwing in the room or like people actually performing rocky horror uh, at screenings like they'll dress up as frankenfurter like if Dude. if you were oh. at a midnight screening for Jurassic Park 3 you'd be wearing cooper's glasses decked out fully i could see it right now oh gosh <laughs> I, I i would i would i would say no nah! not yet at the top of my lungs 
it'd be just like Stabathon in Scream 4, <laughs> where you'd just be quoting the movie endlessly. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as Kirby Enterprises, is there? It's Kirby Paint and Top Plus. <laughs> plus stands for bathroom <laughs> fixtures. <laughs> it's a very bad idea! Bad! What? <laughs> Dr. Grant says it's a bad idea! What's a bad idea? idea. (laughs) Stop! That's Cooper. Stop. Come on. Get out the way. You know I can't stop this plane. Oh my god. Spiny boy is very angry. (laughs) Hi, angry spiny boy. I'm dad. (laughs) But anyway, these three movies... um, I'm like, like I remember just watching like a lot. They're great movies. Mm-hmm. I think all of them, even if like they have flaws, I don't care. They're fun. <laughs> Each one, like Jurassic Park, is a perfect movie. Lost World is incredibly, uh, is incredibly fun. Like tense movie at points. Jurassic Park Three, I have all the nostalgia in the world for that movie, and it has the Spinosaurus. Like, listen, I'll, I'll, I think this is a pretty perfect indication of where I lie in the Jurassic Park sequel discourse. I own all of them on 4K individually. (laughs) Yeah. I have a good time. There's dinosaurs. There's Sam Neill. There's Jeff Goldblum. There's Laura Dern. There's frickin' Cooper. (laughs) That's Cooper! (laughs) Listen, you know, yeah, the sequels aren't perfect, but... You know, like you said, I, I have a lot of fun with them, and I have some nostalgia for them. Again, probably not nearly the same level, but I definitely have nostalgia. Though, it just again, it just makes me think of Bionicle. Where's maybe they needed to make a Bionicle dinosaur? They kind of made like a scarab thing, and there was like a like a right. lizard thing with a stick, but no dinosaurs. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so you're bringing in something Mike is incredibly nostalgic for. Bionicle. He was a huge Bionicle. Fan. Shout out to Mike. So he knows he knows yes, what's up. Absolutely, um, he knows the Toa. What's up? I believe is what they're called. Uh, gotcha. Toa, Toa Toa Nova, I think is another one where they had like shoulder pads, and there's like one that had a skate the surfboard on lava. Uh, is listen, Bionicles were cool. Um, <laughs> where's yes. the Lego Bionicle movie, Warner Brothers? You're so focused on your nonsense. Where's the Bionicle movie? Big budget one, I mean, because I know there's the other ones, but mm-hmm. um, but no, I do I do get a lot of fun out of these movies. I mean, that first movie I could watch literally any time, and I'm having the best time of my life because it's so again, it's just that one of those like literally perfect movies um, that you could just watch and have a good time with. And uh, the second one, uh, I think, has a lot of cool scenes in it. I love you know the the trailer scene where they're hanging off the side when she's on the freaking glass pane. How is that? That is like, how can you say that's a bad movie when I like, I feel like I want to shed everything. Cause I'm just so freaking, I'm like, yes. And also fun fact, Julianne Moore, I met in person once. That's right. This was 2012 at New York comic con. I had done press for, uh, because I was uh, writing for a website, and they let me go to New York Comic Con. And um, the only thing was that I had to record um, 
uh, interviews with, uh, like it was a round table thing. It wasn't like a one-on-one thing, which I think I would have done better one-on-one, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, but they were doing, uh, panels for the 2013 remakes of Evil Dead and Carrie. And so for Evil Dead, Fede Alvarez was there, Jane Levy was there, Bruce Campbell was there. I sat next to all three of them, which was, listen, Bruce Campbell smells really good. (laughs) That's a weird thing to say, but it's true. Uh, (laughs) Um... But and then um, I didn't get to sit next. I sat next to the director of Carrie, but I didn't sit next to uh, Chloe Grace Moretz or uh, Julianne Moore. They sat opposite me, or not really. They sat more like off to the side. But um, the one thing I'll always remember, outside of just how cool it was that I was sitting at the same table as like these movie stars that I love and admire, um, but also Julianne Moore had like a really bad cowlick, and me being the picky, anxious. OCD ridden mess that I am kept going like in my brain you know if you just did this <laughs> you just moved your hair a little bit you could probably get rid of that but you know what she looked great it was great to see her in person I, you know I wish I was had the courage to actually ask a question because um, then I would have asked tell me about the window pane <laughs> and she's great in Jurassic World as well you uh she she's uh, I like the sort of energeticness of her character and um, the like she's just like excited like ah oh! like it's it's such obviously such an opposite to Ian who I think from the first movie on was just like this is dumb. <laughs> this is it's Allison and I. <laughs> I remember you saying that I didn't want to say Especially it. With the, red, <laughs> the red hair. Uh, I, I, like she'd be like, oh, I'm seeing the dinosaurs. Be like, no, you fucking are. <laughs> this is date. She's like, I want to boop the, the snoot. <laughs> the the baby T Rex. <laughs> Allison's like, it sounds so ugly. I love it. <laughs> it's the Ant Man thing. <laughs> uh, shout out to Allison. Boop all the snoots you want, just, you know, within reason. Be careful. Be careful. Um, <laughs> Ask for consent. Excuse me. May I boop you? <laughs> Is that your Allison impression? Excuse me, Mr. T-Rex. <laughs> Can I boop you? No, it's just a generic person asking. I, I cannot know. Uh, Allison's going to hear this and just be like, What? <laughs> Yeah. What happened here? What happened here? Um, uh, Richard, what is your favorite dinosaur in these movies? In these first three movies? I mean, Spinosaurus is really cool. But listen, based on my own logic, they're all Littlefoot. So Littlefoot is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me give a real answer. (laughs) Come on. All right. Give me your real answer. I'm going to give you a real answer. Littlefoot. Uh, No, okay, okay, no, I'm serious. Uh, Can you believe this guy? Yes. <laughs> um, no, it's probably, honestly, I mean, it's got to be the Spinosaurus. But yeah. I do, I mean, I, I mean, the T-Rex is classic. Uh, you know, I mean, the raptors are terrifying, you know, because... Oh, please, that kitchen scene, man, we didn't even We didn't even talk about, about the kitchen scene. The kitchen scene is immensely terrifying. Um, clever girl, like that whole bit. Um, yeah, and just like like from the first scene, 
you're we're told just how terrifying the raptors are um the stegosaurus in the opening of lost world was actually really cool i didn't even like it's a good point that you brought up like i didn't even realize oh yeah it's not even in the first one it's such a mm-hmm. prominent dinosaur it's not even in the first movie I always like the Triceratops in the first movie. Because yeah. Because the fully built yes. animatronic. Uh, f- fully built The one that life. tricked the internet. And. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe and, this movie director would just kill animals like that. They should stop him right now. Um, excuse me. It was. <laughs> Stan Winston's just that good. Um, Honestly. You know. But, like, the, the the tongue on that thing, like, it looks like a real tongue. Like, mm-hmm. it just moves. Like, the way Alan Grant and everybody interacts with that, um, you know, it, it you feel like it's a living, breathing thing. The second movie, I think it's, I mean, I love the Pachycephalosaurus, because it's just, like, it's a it's really, like, a plane eater that can really defend it. Like, it's kind of scary. Always scary being like, this thing's gonna charge at me? And, oh, and dude, boy. that toy. You just push the button, the head went, whoo and then you just run yep. it into things. You probably broke it after. Uh, you want yeah. actually know what? And then the th- not to cut, not to immediately change the subject, and I, uh, or cut you off. But uh, you want to hear a, 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 a dumb Jurassic World, a Jurassic Park toy story from me? Sure. Yeah. When I was a kid, one of my favorite Jurassic Park toys was the Tyrannosaurus Rex because yeah. I loved that it can eat people. It's like I remember when um, the cockroach thing from uh, Men in Black was released, and it had a little like insert for the inside because there's a scene in the movie where Tommy Lee Jones gets eaten by the cockroach, and it's inside the right. belly, and you could put that in the belly. Yeah. And I thought that was cool that you can like just shove something into the T Rex's mouth, and it would just simulate eating it, and then it's just inside there. So if you had like a little human toy, it's like. Arr-r-r-r-r. Um, and it, but the thing also too is that it was battery powered because you press a button it roars or if you open its mouth it roars. My dumb self brought it in the bathtub with me. Oh no! <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> oh no! Does that not explain so much? <laughs> that and we are. Like- <laughs> I mean, you got Schlock in Jurassic Park 3, so I don't feel so bad. (laughs) (laughs) But Schlock I discovered later in my life, at least. Again. (laughs) Am I wrong? But no, I I'll always remember that because it was such a weird thing. Because we because like we had uh, we have a bathtub in the upstairs bathroom that we never use anymore. Um, and I remember when I was a kid, I would just sit in the bathtub and I always wanted to bring a toy with me, but I, my, I'm not thinking that I shouldn't be bringing this toy that runs on batteries in the bathtub with me. Thankfully, nothing happened. I'm still here. I may be stupid, but I'm still here. (laughs) And I'll always remember that. And of course the toy didn't work right. (laughs) And ever again. No, like I tried to, I tried to make it roar and it would just go. (laughs) <laughs> but no that was those listen kids don't don't put electrics anything in into your bathtub don't do it yeah all right uh folks what's your favorite dinosaur from these movies what's your favorite jurassic park movie who's your favorite jurassic park character <sighs> please let us know Facebook, are Twitter, are you like us Instagram. and you actually enjoy the sequels yeah 
Or yeah, do you even do you even know what we're talking about? Have you even heard of Jurassic Park? <laughs> Are you a real fan? Do you know Cooper? Do you know Kirby Payton Plus? Do you know Ude- Udeski? Do you know Udeski? You know, Mr. Noodle himself. Do you know? You do you know? know Nash, the pilot who gets eaten? Do you know Nash? I don't know. Do you? No. You know Roland Tembo from the Lost. No, Wars? I was gonna say. The funniest thing is, I remember all the characters from three, but I I, I forgot a lot of the names from two. <laughs> this is true. I was remembering this. Yes. So that should be a good enough thing. Like, oh, of course he's my friend. <laughs> he, he remembers like, you know the what? names. You know what, Richard? You you might piss me off. Same. <laughs> but you at least you at least no. see at least know the characters in JP three. You can't be that bad. Nah. All right. All right. Uh, it's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Jurassic Park 3 Appreciation um, <laughs> Hour. Uh, as, or as we call it, um, Richard and Joe and Tile Plus. Listen, uh, I'm ready. Let's start the business. We are going to, unfortunately, return to Isla Nublar <laughs> next week. Have a good night, everyone. We'll see you. We'll, we'll see you, hopefully, in better circumstances. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Well, it's time to play Guess What's in the Bag.